This is David Finch, artist of Batman and a bunch of other things, and you are listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us tonight, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. What up? From the depths of Atlantis, on Cybertron, we have the Aqua Ross. Hi. Or Rossmus Prime. Okay, I was wondering where the Cybertron part was coming in. <laughs> when they made the word adventure, they thought of this man, and he said, I don't know what that means. It's Curtis. Hey, yo. When the gods of rock and thunder said, let's have a reunion, this man said, I'll show you a reunion. It's Mike. Hey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, today, so today we're doing a little bit different. We got the, a lot of the old crew back in the studio. That's awesome. Yeah. It's good times. It's good having Ross here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Ross has been in the studio, though. Yeah. It's okay uh-huh. to have Mike here. He cried <laughs> somewhat. Ross was here when mom and dad, cri- like, well, mom and dad got in a fight, and Ross cried because I was, like, yelling at CBS about uh, Rise, Rise of Skywalker, and Ross was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. That's true. <laughs> That's exactly how that happened, actually. <laughs> it was, he's like, this iced tea is delicious, but I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> do I was under the couch like usual? That's <laughs> <laughs> what normally happens. <laughs> it was a weird... Uh, it was a thing. Mainly because I didn't fit under the couch. That was the main... Did you keep trying? Yeah. Well, him and Robin both. That's crazy. They cut all those with good. <laughs> don't, don't ever give up. That's the point of this. Right. Never stop trying. So today we're doing episode number 140. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so a little bit different. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing a batch of reviews. Well, or previews, I guess, is what it actually yeah, is. previews. Because uh, all these books don't come out until, well... It's going to be June when this thing's up on the internet, so, I mean, depending on when you're at. They're in the future, maybe. In the future, maybe. That's a good answer. Uh, so we're going to be going over um, Avengers, no, Empire Avengers number zero from Marvel. Join the Future number one from uh, Aftershock Comics. Uh, Nailbiter Return number one from Image. Adventure Man number one, also from Image. And then Batman number 92 from DC Comics. We want to start with a little bit of news. What's in the news? Ross and Josh, you guys have any news over there? I don't have any news. I gave you all my news last night. I thought you wrote it down. <laughs> uh, well, I did write some news down. I gave you like half nine the, stories. The half that news is fake, though. No, was it? All oh, mine was more real than yours. The Carol Danvers Star- Green Lantern thing isn't real. Star- it was a what if thing. Like, what no. if this happened? And then somebody did it's a bunch f- of pictures and it was neat. Fiction. It, somebody drew it. It was neat yeah, looking. Fan fiction. That's more real than your news with like Chris Pine and all that nonsense. Best I can tell is fake. I mean, it might be. People were talking. Let's, well, well, let's discuss it. One Chris Pine article, is supposed to be. Well, they're saying that they're thinking about Chris Pine for Doctor Specter. They're thinking of maybe Chris Pine yeah. as maybe being Doctor Specter right. in a maybe movie that's not even maybe happening. Who's they? Um, exactly. The internet. I don't know. Just a bunch of people on the internet? A bunch of people on the internet. Coming li- from an actual company? The Illuminati. I think it was on CBR. I think it's who said it. But I, I don't remember where the article was I was reading. It came from Facebook. So who knows? So is that like fan casting? I don't think so. They're, but Facebook is the devil. I mean, it is. That's true. So I don't know. As far as that being real news, it's, it's hard to say. But another piece of news from the other night. So apparently Ben Affleck is in talks or is supposed to be taking over doing a show for HBO Max as Batman and the showrunner for the show, I guess. Hmm. Which I don't know 
how much of that is true either. I mean, it might be the same boat as Chris Pine, so... So he's not going to be Batman just in the, the Snyder Cut? He's going to actually... They're saying it's supposed to be its own show. But, like, I don't know if that's fueled because of the Snyder Cut, or Didn't what's causing that. he was that. done with Batman? Yes. I mean, he did. And he retired the Cape and Cowl on Jimmy Kimmel and everything. Because Batman was bigger than him. But... So, also said he was AT&T on. has been doing a bunch of, like, teaser things of Henry Cavill continually being Superman. Henry Cavill also said, he never actually formally said he was done being Superman. So, that's, like, they've been teasing as that's being a thing. Then also, the big rumor is Ben Affleck potentially being showrunner and executive producer and being Batman in a Batman series on the WB streaming service. Crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that at all. That's cool. And obviously, DC does way better on their TV shows than they do on their movies, so it's potentially a, actually a fantastic thing. Except that Batfleck is the worst Batman. Oh, that's not true. Yeah. I, man, do you agree? <sighs> He's not the worst. Who is Batman and I Batman? I mean, if, you, if you go back and look at those goofy George Clooney. Val Kilmer. Clooney, what? yeah, there you go. Clooney oh, Kilmer. The only movie Kilmer was any good in was Tombstone. <laughs> okay. I couldn't name another movie, so. <laughs> he, he was good in Heat, right? Real genius. He's yeah. done that. Real oh, genius, yeah, right. Top right. Gun, The Saint. He's good in The Saint, too. Huh. I mean, he's he's fantastic in pretty much everything. He was in um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang. I good. would say Val Kilmer's pretty much good in everything. I don't know about that. He's being. The new James Bond Bob movie is kind of terrible. He's hilarious because he's fat. He's fat Batman. Kind of like Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. So you have the the early Steven Seagal movies, then you have Bat Seagal movies. <laughs> so it's true. Plot in all of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He just picks an ethnicity and runs with it. Yeah, it's true. He just has people get closer to him the older he gets. <laughs> Um, as far as other news, I mean, a lot of this is DC stuff, so I didn't really see a whole lot of Marvel stuff, but, um, so DC's canceling a batch of, uh, well, batch of dollar comics, 18 of them they're not going to put out, which I don't think is, like, a horrible thing, so whatever. Four of the facsimiles are not going to print, which, I mean, same thing there. Not, like, a horrible, they're reprints, so, okay. That's what the dollar ones are, too, right? They are, yeah. All of them are reprints. Just the, the dollar ones are the new commercials, and the facsimiles are the recreations. Right. I like the, the facsimile ones. But oh, yeah. There's some, well, all the old commercials and stuff are really cool, but if you don't print four of those, it doesn't kill anybody's right. job. It's no just, one's going to be upset about it. No. So. Yeah. Um, but they are canceling Manhunter as the last, or the lost history, which was going to be the follow-up book for uh, Katie Spear, the uh, girl Manhunter, mm-hmm. after Leviathan. So, like, that thing was supposed to be in five-part miniseries. Apparently, it's uh, just not going to happen, I guess. Is that the end of the world? Eh, probably not, but it would have been cool to see her do her own series. So right. neat. So that was getting canceled, too. Um, there is an announcement for a new writer and artist team on Catwoman, which I mean, part of that I don't like because I like Joelle Jones a lot because she's fantastic. But the guy that got taken over writing is Ram V. And if you guys remember reading the DC Christmas special, the Black Adam story... Or New Year's Evil, sorry, New Year's Evil Christian special. The Black Adam story was written by Ram V. So the dude's a great writer. And he, yeah, I think he's awesome. Nice. 
Fernando Blanco is going to do the uh, art for it, so he did part of the Catwoman stuff during Joel's run when she was writing it, so art's okay, but as far as a writer, I think Ram V's awesome. Was Jones writing and She was. Yeah, for the majority of the series, except for the couple books he filled in art-wise, she was doing the whole thing from 1 to um, 24. Well, save for the three issues that um, the other guy drew, so yeah. Seems like that'd be a fairly good gig. I mean... As far as, like, Joelle's art and writing is concerned, I think she's great. But, I mean, I also like Ram V a lot. That's just, that Black Adam story was fantastic. Jiffy, I know you got the read it, didn't you, Ross? Mm-hmm. No? Well, me and Josh read it. We actually did a review on on the podcast, so at some point I get you two to read it, because I think both of you will love it, Curtis and... Actually, all three of you will probably love it, Mike, Curtis, and Ross. Because it was really freaking good. He's got a couple other things he's done independently. I mean, he's a friend on Facebook now, so that's cool. Nice. Anyway... So I think that's kind of neat. Um, we'll see what they do with the Catwoman. It's unfortunate to see Joelle leave just because she draws Catwoman so well. But anyway, that's all I really had for news stuff, really. Did you talk about uh, Joshua Williamson leaving The Flash? No. What so, do you know about that, Ross? His 101 issue is going to be his last issue. I don't know exactly what issue of The Flash that is. Yeah, they did the number jump to get to 700, so right. yeah, I don't know. But, but he said he's not done in The Flash world. So it makes me think they're going to do something similar to, um, oh my gosh, Batman. What happened with Batman? Where he oh. moved over to the Batman and Catwoman series instead of... Oh, with Tom King? Yeah. Right, okay. Well, at some point, I guess that's still going to happen, but we haven't seen anything new or anything about it since... Right. I mean, COVID kind of killed everything. So his 101st issue, his personal? Yeah, that's his last one. Wow. That's a long time on a title. Yeah, because he's been doing it since Rebirth started, so... He's like the last original Rebirth uh, author to stop. That's cool. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. That's a lot of issues. It is. Kind of unheard of. In this stage of the game, yeah. I guess Tom King started with Batman and got 98, so... Or or 88. 88, sorry. 89. Somewhere in there. 88 or 89. But yeah, they push it 101. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And nobody else lasted that long on the book, so... Yeah, I think it sounds like that was his plan from the get-go. He wanted to do 100 issues, so his 101st issue is going to be his last one. That's cool. He's a good writer, too. He's the one, same guy that writes Birthright. Yep. You know what else he wrote that's, like, one of our favorite things? Hmm. One of, at least Mike and I, I think, is the Damien Supergirl Halloween special from years ago now. That's cool. I remember that. That that was was a good issue. That was one of his first DC books he wrote. Man. That was a really good one. Mm-hmm. He also writes an Elbiter Return and Elbiter Returns, one of the books we're doing tonight. Mm-hmm. That would be a good segue. <laughs> is, there, is there any more news? No? I don't have any more news. Okay. Uh, well, with that, uh, books were, did I ever see the books we're going to do? Yeah. yeah. See, I missed a step in there completely. Anyway, well, I guess if that's in the news, we can move in the books, right? Yep. Yeah? It's your show. I mean... <laughs> Drive the boat with me, not against me. <laughs> I'm just a rudder. Oh, man. <laughs> crazy nonsense. All right. So, before we get really crazy, like, how about the talk of, like, brand new studio? It's like, I've done the last, like, I don't know, 30 episodes with you. I've done one episode with Ross, but I've never done an episode with Curtis before. I've never done an episode with Mike before. It's just kind of like a, like a bring, like a full circle thing. It's kind of neat. Yeah, like a brand new start. Yep. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it'd be fun for the 140th episode. 
Yeah. I thought 150th, but that's a long time off. It's true. So if I don't get thrown in jail first. Make it close. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Stop being Batman in your days off. All right. <laughs> Here's Alfredo. Are there rooftops to swing off of in Palisade? Uh, Fruta. Fruta? No, there's not. Uh. <laughs> Seems so that's like the whole problem. You need to get more rooftops. You try and it'll be okay. The rope was too long. <laughs> <laughs> too many road bikers running around. You just can't How anything. fast is your car, you know? Paraglides? Now what I need is one of those air horns on my truck. <laughs> Man. We don't want to get me started on that. That's true. We already did. <laughs> Man. What are we doing first? Uh, Empire Avengers number zero. So the segue didn't matter? I mean, it didn't. <laughs> it was a good try. All right. I feel like I don't know what's going on at all. <laughs> long, long pass segue. Yeah, it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Took a long turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Oh, well, there's something else that's new in the world, Ross, that you were telling us about earlier. You want one more piece of news? About the uh, Hulu, or the, the HBO, HBO Max? Oh, yeah. Well, they put out um, a whole batch of new uh, Looney Tunes that are only for the HBO Max that are trying really, really hard to replicate original Looney Tunes. Anyhow, they're pretty good. They're pretty fun to watch. I know uh, when we were watching a couple of them the other night, they had kind of a Ren and, Ren and Stimpy vibe to them a little bit. They definitely did, yeah. But otherwise, they're pretty pretty classic Looney Tunes, so... It's hard to capture that classic feel, though. Right. But they, they did a heck of a job trying. I mean, look-wise, yeah. Because a lot of it... I mean, back then, it was kind of against the norm. And now that's the norm, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. It's fallen in time. You know? Social commentary on the original, like, Looney Tunes. Like, Chuck Jones did such a brilliant job. Like, even with Tom and Jerry stuff, like, and all the Looney Tunes stuff, he, like, his art alone and, like, the all that stuff is, like, you know, there's that joke on Seinfeld. It's, like, the, on with the show, this is it. It's, just, like, I learned all my show tunes stuff from Looney Tunes. It's, like, all that mm-hmm. stuff is just, like, you, like, it's, like, I know this weird thing, but, like, I know it's from a real thing, but, like, I learned it from cartoons. All right. And so, like, if they can just, if they can recreate that, that's awesome. I agree. It's hard to recreate nowadays, but... Well, look at today's society. It's just not the same. I mean, it's, it's, you can't re- recreate something like that and capture that magic again. Oh, I agree. And everybody thinks cartoons were the best when they were younger. They do get pretty close with yeah. this. It gets pretty dang close to being what you remembered with tunes wise It's not like the other, the prior stuff. Right. Uh, when they all lived in a house together. and Right. Well, they... They're trying to replicate old Looney Tunes instead of trying to do their own thing with Looney Tunes characters. So, um, the other cool HBO Max thing, and we probably talked about this like a long time ago when it was announced, but I just realized this the other day is they're trying to make a Green Lantern series for it. And they've they've been working on that for a while, a Green Lantern Core series. And I think it's probably going to be one of those things where they like drop a trailer and then it's like out a month later type of thing. I think it's close. Probably closer than people anticipate. DC's cartoons and D- DC's like TV shows are like great. It's mm-hmm. just like when they try to do movies, like it just they just don't. They're trying to catch up with something that like they can't catch. They just need right? to quit trying to do their own thing. I and I think the last couple where they've done that have actually been pretty good. But Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman have all been pretty awesome. So I'd agree with one of those, but yeah, yeah Aqu- <laughs> Aquaman was pretty epic in, was. in scale. Mm-hmm. Compared to some of the others. Yeah, it was like the, the people in it were larger. <laughs> <laughs> they were larger yeah. scale. 
Uh, uh, under the sea. I mean, Jason Lowe is a tall guy, that's true. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they did nail the trench, though. We're going to say that. Oh, yeah, the trench looked awesome. Mm-hmm. I think Mary looked really cool, too. It's just too bad Amber Heard's a terrible person. We just, we just oh. try to not remember that part. Oh, right. you got to be shallow, Steve. Yeah. If you're shallow, <laughs> you can just get past that. Man, it makes them all great. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. And speaking of amazing TV shows, um, Netflix now has Avatar Less Airbender. And so, oh. like, as far as like, amazing TV shows go, that's one of the best ever. And so... Yeah, I think it was nice. number one streaming on there. It's... it's Little Silas has been watching it. Hey. That's yeah. good, see? That's a good the thing. Generation. Good for them. But you know, on that HBO Max thing, they're, they're debuting the second season of Doom Patrol on there. They are. Yeah. Right. I think it's going to be on there and DC. Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you even need the DC app anymore? Or? Yeah, there's a lot of shows that are just on the DC app, too. That's what we were looking at. In the though. comics, but I, I think at some point they're just, they're not going to be able to... I know somebody bought the rights to Swamp Thing, I heard, but I can't remember who it was. CW. CW. Oh. They're going to run run the ten episodes, apparently. Right. The, mi- the missing episodes? No, there's well, like, they're not going to make those guys. Not going to finish them? No. I mean, it'd be cool if they did, but they bought the rights so it was done. So that the last was an three, awesome show. it was. Cool. It was mm-hmm. freaking great. I won't watch it. I, don't, I, I refuse to watch them. It's like, oh, there's episodes they didn't make, so it just kind of ends. It's like, you know, what happens well, next? The ending is a cliffhanger, but it, it ends in a way that. But there's three episodes still. So they were supposed to be, yeah. Right. Well, what they did was they cut that last episode to make it end instead of having the three, instead of leaving it on a cliffhanger for those three episodes, they just. It kind of wrapped it up, yeah. So it has sort of an end, yeah. How do you guys think that the, the Justice League Dark how that ended like that whole like animated thing? How do you think? It, how do you guys feel that that ended? Can we already see that. I don't remember it. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't. I think maybe you mean you're the one that watched it. What did you? I think? own it, but I haven't seen it yet. It's like the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War or whatever. Yeah, it's like the newest one, and oh, it kind of end all the animated stuff, kind of like. I didn't realize that CBS had to explain it to me that like it all comes to a point like everything that like all the animated show movies that they've been doing like the you know, like the death is death and reign of Superman stuff all that stuff comes to, like all connects and I didn't even know I thought they were just making like independent stories but yeah. they all connect I was like oh yeah they did a I, really they did a really weird thing with those animated ones where when they started doing them they were just retelling stories from the comics mm-hmm. and then when New Fifty Two happened. They were like, we're going to retell the first story from New 52 and Flashpoint. And then everyone after that was like a retelling of another story, but they connected it back to that original one. Hmm. So it was like a weird... Like a bridge and make them all connect. Right. It was kind of like if you ran a TV show, like a Justice League TV show, and then like in that TV show did the death of Superman as part of it. It's pretty intense, man. Like... As far as like animation goes, like a cartoon, like it's more dark and more adult themed than like all the CW stuff. It's even it's I mean, which isn't necessarily weird, but like like this this new apocalypse thing, like at one point you see these random people just die. Like huh. you're like, Huh. Okay. It's yeah. pretty crazy. We watched that first Justice League Dark one. Yeah. Where they had there's like, another one. Like right, right. at the beginning, well, I didn't like know that. the was it the people like jumping off the roof or whatever? It's just like Oh yeah, huh. it's pretty crazy. Like it's 
it, it's got a lot of a lot of main characters die too, like name characters. But they do bring back what's his name as the voice of Constantine. He play, he's a play, plays a pretty big part. So. Oh yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah, right. yeah, he's yeah. been doing that in the past couple of them, which is awesome because he kind of like solidified. Because like there is a lot of talk of uh, Keanu Reeves to come back and doing the Constantine thing, which is so stupid because like this Matt Ryan just does such a brilliant job. Yeah, he is Constantine. Yeah, yeah, which, he looks like him. And acts and like him, and talks like him. It's just like I don't know, man. Like that show I thought was fantastic. Like when it was on, like I watched every episode of. But yeah, it was good. That's actually the hopes a lot of people have for the Swan Thing being back on CW now. Is that maybe they'll go into a Justice League Dark with Matt Ryan as Constantine and mm. kind of connect some of those loose ends from Swamp Thing into that. So that maybe it'll pretty- be like maybe it'll be that like Futurama thing where they just like. It keeps kind of getting canceled, but it keep bringing it back. Keep bringing it back. <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, Swamp Thing did sort of set up a part of it just like dark. It had a lot of them in it. it. Did. Yeah, because we, I mean, you had um, Blue Devil and Madam Zandu. Yeah, Madam Zandu both. So if we just added Constantine, who's been in Legends of Tomorrow for like the last two seasons, so he's still around doing it. He just on a totally different show. Mm. You merge those two and then add the Swamp Thing element to it, you basically have everything but Wonder Woman. And you don't have to have her for... Well, and she's a pretty new addition to Justice League Dark. Oh, just in the Rebirth phase, yeah. yeah. She wasn't part of the original team. I mean, you could get Detective Chimp. That'd be pretty cool. Frankenstein. Frankenstein would oh, be yeah. even easier, yeah. I, think the I was hoping... would be too expensive to make. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was hoping the Swamp Thing show because they alluded to the rock. Right. And I'm thinking it would be nice if they brought in the other half of the story. The animal man parts? Yeah. And merged them like they did in the books. I, mean, I thought that would have been cool. If they would have done that route world story, that would have been oh. crazy. Yeah. But talk about money. Right. Well, and apparently that's a lot of the reason why Swamp Thing ended was a money situation. Well, I think, so, yeah, they, they, got, they got screwed over. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's like they jumped into the shallow into the pool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expecting a big splash. They, well, they were supposed to For be, themselves. Right. They were supposed to be getting some sort of deal on where they filmed it and, you know, all their effects and everything. And then that got pulled out from under them right when they started making it. So that's why it was, like, canceled when the very first episode came out. Yeah. was because they got all their, like, their stuff that made Swamp Thing Swamp Thing canceled, basically. Yeah, they they got a lot of. They were supposed to be getting a lot of tax credits from the state they elected to film in. The whole reason they filmed in that state was because they're supposed to get like four million dollars in tax credits or something, or maybe more. Yeah, and it was all filed wrong by the state, I guess, and so it just fell out from underneath them. And it was ac- I think it was Louisiana. I think it yeah. was actually filmed in Louisiana. So that was a great show. Yeah, it was really good. They had a good thing going. That's too bad. Agreed. I'd watch it again. Really. <laughs> it was good, yeah. I only got to run on CW. Pick up traction now, and maybe they'll continue it later. It'd be cool. I mean, it'd be cool if they did. Right. Yeah. All right, move on to books. Does that seem like a... What was it? We were talking about Nailbiter earlier? Oh, no. Wait, we're not quite to that. That was yeah. a segue that didn't <laughs> happen. Segue that didn't work. Would have been good if I would have realized you were going to talk about Joshua Williamson at all. <laughs> well, you brought it up. I mean, I did. That's true. So I think that's on you. Whatever. All right. <laughs> sure. Show you whatever. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Okay, so um, Empire Avengers Zero. Uh, this is written by Al Ewing and 
Maradis on his uh, Pepe Larraz? Now you say his name? Yeah. Okay. That's how I would say it. Right? And That's how we're going to say it. Yeah. This issue is supposed to be part of, like, kicking off the whole Empire thing. And Empire was supposed to have already started at this point, but because of the whole COVID thing, everything's been delayed. So, time in the world. The, f- the first book that really set it up was uh, the Incoming book. And Incoming set up, like, three or four different storylines that, at this point, half of them haven't come to any kind of fruition because of the way the world is crazy right now. Uh, they did put out the Road Empire issue, and then this guy is the one that takes place afterwards. And as far as, like, a issue, like, I like the art. Um, I don't mind the writing, but there's a lot of other pieces in play. And if you didn't read Incoming and you didn't read Road to Empire, there's definitely holes in here that don't make sense. We do get, like, some cool stuff. And, like, where they where we first started off, we have this whole flashback story happening. And, like, that's pretty cool because we get, like, part of the Kree and scroll war that we I don't think we've ever gotten before ever. But even before that though, like my question is this, like I, I don't I don't understand it. I guess maybe I haven't read Avengers enough, but I've never read this before, but like the intro thing was like and there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's Mightiest Heroes found themselves united against a common threat. On that day Avengers were born to fight the foes no single superhero could withstand. Has that been on like, the beginning of like any Avengers book before? I don't know. I've never I've seen, heard about that I've read. I've heard, I think I've heard that before, but I, I don't... I think it's just a general statement about the Avengers altogether. So is I, it, I don't know if it's in anything else or not. I don't remember it being there, but there's a lot of that little paragraph I skip. So. Well, I mean, it's like the front, like, intro yeah. page. So I'm just like, I'm kind of shocked as if, like, why are you throwing that there now? Like, it wasn't in issue one. Because I bought it. I have issue one. From the, well, from that previous run, yeah. But, I mean, what? I mean, any uh, any Avengers book, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know. I just thought it was, I thought it was odd, yeah. me personally. So, go ahead. It's not something I have an answer for. It seems like, to me at least, it's like when they're just trying to tell you, you know, this is the Avengers. You see that? Yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe I would agree. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I don't. I say it's just a gener- general statement. I don't think it's a moniker or anything. I think it's a setup and like just like a general statement. Um, but yeah, the flashbacks up on the moon is pretty cool. And this idea of a third race that we never really knew about before is also very interesting. I was wondering about that. Up until Empire, <laughs> until this, they were never a thing before. Okay. So this whole plant organism group of aliens was never a thing before that. It's weird because they were never a thing, but they're a big thing in this book. Yeah, well, they, the, I guess the idea is that they've always been hidden. And when you think about the stuff they did recently, well, fairly recently, with like the Inhumans... Well, the idea of the Inhumans breeding with regular humans to cause that whole uh, crazy wave of new characters, I mean, it makes sense to have happened, right? I mean... But I, I, I always thought that. I always assumed that, that they would integrate with, with human society. Right. So. Well, for the, for the Inhumans, it's a little bit different, I guess. But, like, as a thing, it's not part of a story we ever heard before. And, like, them coming out of nowhere is pretty crazy. We, yeah. uh, we've seen do damage. I don't know. I just it just seems like a throwaway thing to me. Like the event entirely, or this will go away after it's all done. It might. I mean, a lot of events do, though. I mean, think about Battle Planet. We're still technically in the resolves from it, but Miles Morales is the thing that came out of it, landing in the real world. So, right, Miles is in regular continuity because of Battle Planet. Well, I get it. I just so will something big from come from this? I don't know. I mean, it's a miniseries, so, I mean, War of Realms had the same thing sort of happen. Like, a lot of cool things happened, 
by the end of the day, only three of them really matter to the whole universe. So do you think Incoming is necessary to read before this? The Avengers book? I, I mean, other than explaining, like, the Swordmaster, because we haven't seen him in freaking ever, and explaining the fact that this is a battle that started prior to all this, like the whole battle that the, they set up, the scrolls set up for the Kree and the plant people, I think that's going to be necessary. The rest of the book? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting to see the the plant element work with the Kree, like, suits and the armor. So I think that that part might be kind of necessary, because maybe we'll see that as a regular thing. But other than showing us the lead, their leader, which, I mean, you could have done that in any book, I guess. The QO, Q, QI guy? You're right. Um, is that how you say it? I don't know. Other than that part, I mean, Tony Stark having the nightmares and, like, seeing flashes of this time frame that he never lived through is interesting. It's just, just very setup-y. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, other than learning pieces that we never learned before, I don't know if it's actually necessary or not. And the name of the race, they say, is Katati, I believe. Okay, so Katati and not just the plant people. Yeah. But those are the same thing, so. So, if you say plant people, that means Katati. Yes. Alright. See, see, Is that just in life in general? Yeah, for, yeah. for now and forever. I don't know how many plant people you run into. But not many. No. Not many. Anyway, back to the book. So, yeah. In the, in the grand scheme of this book, like you were asking earlier, do I feel like it's necessary? There's pieces that feel necessary. I mean, it, the whole thing the book's trying to set up is, is explaining to us that the previous battle that set all this in motion in the first place was the Kree basically setting up, not the Kree, sorry, the scroll, basically setting up a battle between the Katati and the Kree. And they set, pit the two of them against each other, and whichever one won was the race they were going to let live and be part of their society, or whatever. And the Kree, the bar, which were, at this point were barbarian, they weren't like smart technology people, wipe out the Quetati, basically, almost, and then turn, turn on the scrolls, because they realize, well, once we get your technology, we don't need you at all. So it's like they turned on their masters, which were what the scrolls were, sort of. And then you fast forward... Years later, and the Scroll Cree War is continuing to go as just like a constant thing. Now, has this been going on on the moon since whenever? Or not on the moon, but after, after this particular test. So the entire time Wadu, the Watcher, was living on the moon, the blue spot's been there, and we never really knew why. Best I can tell, this is telling us the reason it was there was as a battleground that the Scroll were using to pit these two against each other. So the Scroll created it. But we don't know how long it's been going on. No idea. Like, the battle itself, I would assume, started from there and raged forwards, but eventually it left the moon. Like, after they wiped out the Quetati, well, almost wiped out the Quetati, they left the space taking the technology of the, of the scrolls, and then it became a battle out in space. So the part of the moon part, I have no idea how long it lasted, but it's not, it didn't last the entire time. Like, eventually they left the moon altogether. Okay. So... But yeah, I mean, pieces of the book I feel like are necessary, but there are pieces that are definitely confusing. And I noticed that uh, uh, Ghost Rider is part of the Avengers now? He is mixed in the current Avengers group. Um, him and the Ghost Rider that is uh, Robbie Reyes. So that still seems back all the way to the, what you were saying, Josh, the very first issue, which we might have reviewed on the show, actually. I, I kind of think we did. When they first started this batch of Avengers, we did this whole storyline where we saw the quote-unquote ancient Avengers. So we had, like, the Phoenix before she was ever Jean Grey. And we had a Black Panther that didn't have the crazy cool suit, but was still 
the ancient Black Panther, and then we had a ghostwriter that rode on a woolly mammoth. So all those elements, whenever that storyline first started, and they were fighting that giant Cree, or the giant uh, celestial that crashed, all that stuff had to do with this particular group being connected to ancient, like, what would be technically Avengers, I guess. Because we had Odin running around prior to losing the eye and prior to being old that took the Thor place. And so, like, the lineage that passed down through the centuries, which Ghost Rider wants to be one of those things, because it's passed on, passed on, passed on, or whatever. So, yeah, he's currently part of the current Avengers, but it's the Robbie Race one, not the Danny Ketch or the uh, Johnny Blaze. And I noticed that She-Hulk is kind of original Hulk stupid. I mean, she also had something happen in a different batch of books. Uh, And then, okay, while we're going through things that I don't understand. Okay. (laughs) This might be the worst issue for you have ever to have chosen, which is fine. I mean, this is a good conversation piece, but so there's a celestial like frozen ice that Tony Stark made a house out of. Um, yeah, I I don't know exactly what book that happened in, but we've had a we had a couple of celestials crash during part of that storyline. What storyline? The well, the the Avengers with the ancient Avengers, like the one. So it was a gigantic frozen celestial that the yeah. face light. The face lights still work. And so he just like moved in and put like a bed in there. He's just like, oh, I got a magician. Just cotton sheets and blah blah. Yeah, why why would I not? It's Tony kind of Stark. <laughs> yeah, has, I'm still shame. I'm still stuck on the woolly mammoth thing. <laughs> oh man, the flaming the flaming woolly mammoth. We'll, we'll find you a picture. Yeah, it was a while back. It was a while back. Cool. We'll find you a picture. We did do that one on the podcast, by the way. That okay, was, that was a long time ago, but yeah. So I mean, I guess you guys can go back and listen to that episode. I don't know what number it'd be. Right there, he's a Katani. So the swordsman's currently a mixture of the swordsman's memories and the Quatati body. Yes. So the current swordsman... Say that again. The, you're trying to get me to stumble over it. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> no. The Quatati swordsman. <laughs> right. Man. Which the swordsman, he's also an old school like Avenger from forever ago, too. So something else I'm not aware of. Huh. This group of Avengers, has this been... Have they been around together for a while? Um, about 33 issues, yes. So this is... Okay. So this is the current footprint of the Avengers. It just seems weird that Jen's in it and Ghost Rider's in it. Nah. I mean... To me, it's weird. Just being thrown in Sure. There. Having not read any of the last batch of 30-plus Avengers, that makes sense. As as far as the thing, Jennifer's change happened in a batch of books called Hulk. That was her book after Banner got dead um, for a minute. <laughs> um, she... So, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's a totally different. It's, it's so, there's nothing to do with this. One, story. one more weird question. Oh gosh, okay. there's so many questions. I know. Sorry. That's what. That's what you get. So my question is this: What? When did Thor quit having the eye patch and the gold hammer, and now he has a regular hammer again? Fairly recently in the current. So time. many questions. Yeah, he got he got better. Um, he, it's just fine again. <laughs> well, I, this thing actually timeline wise, I'm not sure where it lines up. With the the Thor, oh gosh, what was I even called? We don't either. That's fine. I part of that storyline you're talking about got fixed in the beginning of Donny Cates' Thor, where he kind of became a, a, a Herald of Galactus, and uh, it fixed him with Galactus powers, cosmic powers. That's what fixed him. So yeah, he's back to being normal Thor. Most of Jason Aaron stuff at this point is still really cool stories, but none of it's held. So him missing an arm and 
being blind in one eye, it's not a thing anymore. I'm going to gold arm and a gold, gold, yeah, Moilner, Moilner, Mew Mew, from the movies. What did you say? Mew Mew. Mew Mew? That's what she calls him. Who? Whatever, what's her name's friend is, name is, who's that actress? I don't know what So in the Thor about. movies, <laughs> Allie Portman's friend, who is, I can't remember her name at all, even the actress's name I don't remember now. She's pew, on pew. Two Broke Girls. She's the um, actress from that show. She the called, one with the huge tracts of land? Yes. With the, with the sweater puppies. She's the one that calls it Mew Mew. That's, That's from Monty Python, if you didn't know, Ross. I, I knew what you were Google talking. it. No, I've seen it. I know you're a baby. No, I knew what you were talking about. What are you, like, tw- ni- 19 and a half? Yep, that's it. 19 and a half. I mean, we did call him young Ross for a while. <laughs> I know, that's... It's funny because we didn't have another Ross, so... Well, here you have to point out the jokes. I'm helping other people that don't know. It's helping other people. The people that haven't this listened. This episode of the podcast is like this episode of Avengers. Like, nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> you, have true. To, you have to have read, like, 15,000 things to be on the same page. That's not, that's not true. How did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> I was confused at the, begin- at the beginning. I was confused earlier. <laughs> I mean, as a thing... What do you got to say about this, Mike? I... Still stuck on the on the woolly mammoth. Okay. Man. You know what the weird thing is? Huge tracks of land, woolly mammoth, and go. We've talked about this book, and we've only got to, like, to where it makes sense to half of it. Because <laughs> the other half, I'm still lost. <laughs> which, which which part? Oh, the other half. Who's the guy with the star on his chest and the A on his head? Let's start there. So that would the, be uh, Captain Marvel, I believe. Captain Animal Marvel. Man? Yeah. Animal. America Man. (laughs) Captain Animal. All right, all right. Are you talking about Captain America? Yeah, yeah, that one. I mean, who are you talking about? Steve, uh, Steve something. He doesn't like jokes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I thought you were being serious. Whew, man. It has been a while, hasn't it? Steve Howard's crazy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Since you guys saw him last, he, he forgot how to laugh. It's not true. It wasn't last. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I get. That's what Usually I get. it's his own jokes that he's laughing at. That's not true, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, maybe it is. I'd like to go, ha <laughs> It's true, I do. <laughs> I just did it just Yeah, now. we all know. It's pretty good. You shut up over there. <laughs> so what, as far as other pieces are confusing, the whole build-up for this is that we basically found out the Kree and the Scroll have decided to join together. And go after the Quitati as a thing. So now it's back to what the status quo I think that the scrolls originally wanted in the first place. And the whole catalyst of this is Hulkling because he's half and half. So he's currently the king overlord of all the half, scrolls and the half Kree, half scroll. Yes, oh, not half Kree, Quitati. Yeah. Oh, half yeah, half Kree, half scroll. Sorry. So he's half of those two factions that originally wanted to be. The dominant group, I guess. Okay, so the baby Hulk guy is like Hulkling. Mm-hmm. He's half and <laughs> half. I really want his name to be Baby Hulk guy from now on, though. I mean, you can call him that. <laughs> He's also <laughs> Baby Yoda. I mean, it's summer idea. It's well, a lot taller. Teenage Yoda. He's just kind of like he's a he's like a he's like a boy man, but he smells kind of funny. He's like, have, <laughs> you, have you showered today? I've been in the basement all day. No, I haven't. It's like my nephew. He's twelve years old, and he's just like he's like. He's still my nephew, and he's twelve, and he's like kind of cute, but he's also like, dude, you stink. You need. When's the last time you showered? He's like, I don't know, Wednesday. I was like, it's Saturday. We want to get that taken <laughs> care of, because he's like, you know, little kids can go like a week without showering. 
But when you turn 12, you're like, you can't do that anymore. You yeah. got to shower. Stuff starts growing and you're collecting like, stuff. You need to shower every day, bro. <laughs> so then I just sprayed him with the face of the hose. Here's some Febreze. Wash yourself off. Well, when you- <laughs> Here's a here, here's a pine tree like air freshener. Just wipe it all over your body. <laughs> well, what he when a girl looks his way, it'll all change. You won't have to worry about it anymore. So he's going to be in there for hours just scrubbing. <laughs> I mean, that's what that, they called it. That's the <laughs> <laughs> scrubbing for hours. I knew you'd go there. <laughs> I thought that's what we we're all going. Oh my gosh! Let me show that to Mike. No. Well, as as far as a thing, like book wise, I don't. So the Quinjami, go. What a, what about him? Well, the, the Sequoia guy. The Quinjami. Was that the the race that the Quinjami? Quotati. 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 They're they're plant people. Okay. That's the short end of it. I don't know what else. to I say I just about think it. it's weird that the scroll set the Kree and the Quotati up to fight, and now the Kree and the scroll are fighting against the Quotati. It is it is an interesting spin to that, and like I think, what the scroll we're hoping to get is to see which what was was better, what was stronger, and like they talk about the Katati building a forest on the moon, and then what the Kree did was kill the Katati, but clearly the Katati wasn't wiped wiped out, and this at this point because of the forest they built, that's why they're still alive. So like, it it just seems all sudden. You know what I mean? Just suddenly, it's kind of out of nowhere. Are out of nowhere. I mean, that's true. And they're a big part of the story. I mean, yeah, they're one of the main main parts of it. And it seems like Iron Man is just really on board with him. He's like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm in this cult. Iron Man is <laughs> You know what? I'm in it. Well, it's because they David Koresh. You're my man. <laughs> Jim Jones. I got you, bro. Like he's just on board. First page. He's like, yep. I don't care about anybody ever. I'm on board. Well, Sign me up. Part of it's because take they- all my money. They've worked with the their, the leader of the Quetati before, like the kid at the crazy. I don't Thor know what has. Thor has. Thor. He mentions him. He calls him friend. And yeah, nice Iron Man has up. though. He's just like he's like. I don't understand why I feel so clean, but I'm kind of into this thing. Like he's, <laughs> he says that he literally says, he "I don't know why I feel so clean." Yeah, it's like yeah, he's that, purified. I know, but yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's a crazy cult thing. He's like, I don't know why I feel so pure and clean. But Iron, be Iron off Man has. Iron Man hasn't been the same since what, Marvel now and Rocket Raccoon just yeah like nineteen tore him up, tore him down. Because I think he has some <laughs> self esteem issues. Since he slept with Gamora, and Gamora's like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was, yeah, that was the thing too. That wasn't very dangerous, right? <laughs> She's like, eh, yeah. He's had he's had a weird life of things lately. I mean, the, he for a while he was affected by the the hate bomb and. Then afterwards, he didn't want to get better, and then he got better, and then for a minute, he was almost dead for quite a while. Ironheart took over his book, and he didn't know what to do after that, so it is pretty weird. This, in general, is a thing. So, do you? what do you think, Steve? Are you, is that what you would recommend to people? I mean, if you're just starting the Avengers, no. Bad idea. I mean, as a set of book, it does cover a lot of interesting things, but if you don't understand... The, I mean, they go over the blue spot of the moon pretty regular. But if you've never even heard of that before, then it's it's confusing. So there's pieces in there that I feel like are confusing. I don't know. Like the more I think about it, the more I, th- I think the pieces of it are really necessary. Because at the beginning, I'm just like, I don't know. But there's parts of it that iron out the history kind of a lot. Josh. So I was raising my hand in case anybody wants to know this or something. So my question is this: like, 
of all the other books that we're doing tonight, these are all preview books that we got emailed to us. So we're like, because there's not a lot coming out right now. So early, none of the other preview from the company. None of the other ones had ads. Like I was like, what is going on with these? Like I was like, is it done? Then I kept. I'm like, no, it's not done. Is that is that normal? It, not well. It's a full copy of the book. So. Oh, so these are going to be ads in the book? You think? Yeah. The ads are in the preview or the ads in the book. Oh, okay. 100%. So that Werewolf by Night book ad should make all you happy because you're like werewolves. What? I don't like werewolves. I know, right? Werewolf by Night was supposed to get his own book. Well, now he might not. But so is Shang Chi. Man, now he might not either. COVID's killing everything you love, Mike. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry, I, I don't know if they can capture that magic again either. <sighs> the we'll see. COVID? <laughs> There's supposed to be a second wave in the wintertime. It'll be okay. It's man. It's terrible. I, I don't know, Ross. Short answer, if you never read The Avengers before, I think it'd be a hard hard thing to get over because there's a lot of pieces that are so it's not, questionable. It's not an event you can just jump into and I understand. I don't know if I think that's wrong, though, or not. If you I watch have, the movies... But having not read any of that, I don't think you can jump into this book. I, no? Yeah, I can tell you I didn't. Mm-hmm. Very messy. Much. And I had read, I'd read, I'm read, like, up to issue eight of that Avengers series, and, like, I randomly flipped through probably, like, 15 more of those and kind of have an idea what's going on, and I'm still like, I don't know what's even going on anymore. Like, I'm, like, so confused. I'm like, who is that? It's convoluted. Plus, it's Iron Man. Nobody likes Iron Man. (laughs) It's not true. I do. I'm I'm fine with him. I hate him. I don't hate him. I hate him. Especially when he has... This suit was built with speakers for a reason. I mean, if if anything, I think at, at a certain point, like start twisting that mustache, man. Like you always got to just keep it pencil thin. Like switch it up, <laughs> Doc Holiday that thing. Just start getting some man. like some you know some wax yeah. and start twisting it up, curling it up, Doc Holiday that thing. It's because he starts looking like a super villain when he does that. It's true. He can't do it anymore. He already does look like What's a super villain. Dick Dastardly. Yeah, he looks like Dick Dastardly <laughs> in an Iron Man suit. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll read Iron Man if we put Motley in it with him. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that's a totally different. But you laugh like him, which is the funny part. Yeah. And who's the person that's like all absorbed by the energy? Who's that person? Captain Marvel. Yeah, the Sonic Attack thing. That's Captain oh. Marvel. Yeah, it's part of her powers. Well, it's, well, it's because the colors on it makes it look like she's Jean Grey. There's a lot of fire around her in that yeah, shot. I guess. It's very odd. I'm just so confused. I, I was very confused the whole time. So the cosmic ghost writer has nothing to do with this. No, I'm surprised. No. Yeah, he's he's in the future. Well, no, actually, time traveling. So, but no, he's not part of any of this. Totally different thing altogether. So is it? Okay, I'm done asking questions. Yeah, we'll let that one die. Yeah, I don't know, man. So like, who's the different? Who's the? So who's the? Josh, you were done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who's the guy with the purple belt? Uh, you're gonna have to be a little more specific. Show him the picture. That guy. That's Sequoia. Yeah, he's the one that has history with Thor, and I think Iron Man. He's but the leader of the definitely uh, Thor. Katari. Yes. So, and so then Mantis comes into play somewhere. She's kind of connected from being connected to the story ah. that she was connected to. Right. Let's we, move on to the next. They tell time. you exactly where they connect. Actually, there's part of that. When they first show her, there's it, another convoluted book tonight. It's tells fine. you where it connects her to uh, Thor and to what's his name? Sequoia. Sequoia is the daughter 
or the, the son, <laughs> son. <or> daughter <laughs> son. of Mantis and sh- uh, Swordman Katati. Yes. Okay. That's where trees come from. That's, <laughs> kind of. That's how trees come It's coy oh. to my friends is what he says. <laughs> right. What is, that, what is it you say, Steve? Uh, makes your brain hurt? Hurty, yeah, yes. a little bit. Steve's the only one that doesn't have a hurty brain, though. That's I mean... I don't know. I guess I didn't. I didn't have. If at this point, welcome to sh- episode number one forty. Yeah, we're the top five comments podcast. And that's true. <laughs> Stop it! I'm not putting noise in again. <laughs> you should. Uh, not doing it. What are we doing next, dude? Let's do the next convoluted one and like get it out of the way. No, we're finished with Batman. Uh, that's the next convoluted one. We're gonna finish with Batman. It's not really uh, that convoluted. It's it, really not. It's pretty rough. Too. But the other ones are number ones, so they're written in a way that they're easier. It's pretty rough too. So yeah, the other three are actually our, decent. Yeah, number ones are a good starting point. <laughs> we're on our regular podcast track of number ones and Batman all over <laughs> yeah. again. I don't know what that's you want. Right. Uh, that's right. That's right. They're not number ones. No one understands what's happening. Oh, is that a slight on us? I mean, a little hey, bit. Wasn't that one number one though? That do, we just yeah. were, it was do, zero. So technically, do we Rochambeau for the next one? No. I don't think so. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Nail biter? We can do nail biter. Okay. So, speaking of Joshua Williamson and nail biter. Yeah! <laughs> That's when oh, we were at the beginning man. of this podcast. That's true. Where were you? I mean, I was here. I just, that wasn't where I wanted to start for the. All right. So, yeah, so nail biter returns. We're going to send out a secret code to people to skip that whole part and then be like, they could just go to the good parts of. Because nail biter, I thought, was actually, I mean, a pretty good book. Considering, yes, yeah. I agree. He was like, I was like, wow. This is a follow-up to the regular Nailbiter series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Joshua Williamson, who's the guy that does art for it? Because now I don't remember. Uh, Mike Henderson. He does the art in this one, too? Yes, si, senor. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. No. Drew Moss, that's what I thought. Do they, maybe they look the same, I don't know. So yeah, Nailbiter returns, so... The previous series, just to set up the idea, Nailbiter is basically about a city of serial killers. Well, no, a city that creates serial killers. Buckaroo, Oregon. Buckaroo, Oregon. That a bunch of serial killers came out of. Yes. Don't they don't the necessarily town. create them. Yeah. Well, they, they think it could be the water or whatever. Right. There's that factory. It's a serial killer factory on it. Yeah. And they have like a horror shop that's uh, or a. Halloween store that is for serial killers. Horror, horror, horror. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I meant. All right. I'm sure they have those other shops too. Probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the story for when it first opens up, we get a flashback to 30 years ago, which is pretty cool because it's just more of the old serial killers because we got parts of them during the first series, like mentions of names and like a few that they throw out at us. But this one seems to have a whole lot more about all the rest of them, and like it. It's a it, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I I kind of think the way this one starts, you could probably start here and not have read the first series because they cover the path of who everybody is fairly quickly. Correct, and I think this would make you want to read the other series. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I think so. So I mean, Josh Williamson, good writer. I mean, the dude's oh, yeah. been killing on the Flash, and Birthright's fantastic. So this just follows suit with the stuff he did before. And the art's pretty sharp in it too. It's not, you know. It's pretty good. But like, as a thing, we go from the flashback pretty quickly to a bar, and we get like this batch of kids that are out drinking one night, and uh, that leads us to one of our main characters. Um, so as far as like cast is concerned, at the end of the previous book, we wind up 
learning a bunch of mysteries and hearing a bunch of stuff about um, one of our main characters who is a serial killer called the Nailbiter. And uh, we encounter his daughter, who's the, one of the main characters for this story, Alice. And she's had to deal with the life of being the daughter of a serial killer. And she's tried to use it to make herself, you know, not really famous, but use it in ways that she thought would benefit her. And it doesn't always work out that way. So that's pretty interesting. It's cool we still have Nick, Nick Finch, or Nicholas Finch, the police officer from the first series. And like the way the previous series ended, we haven't seen her dad in a minute. Um, Do they ever mention a time frame? No, because I don't remember Alice in the last one. She was. She she, she didn't show up towards till the very towards the very end. Is she this age? I, I feel like she was younger, but I don't yeah. think she was that young. Because even in this, she's still like in her teens. Right. Because she's not legally able to drink. She got a fake ID or whatever. Right. So she's not. Too old, but I don't remember the last book where she was at when she went finished. I just don't Probably remember that. Early college in this one. Maybe. So age-wise, I don't feel like she's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where... Timeline-wise, I don't think... Other than the 30-year thing, when they do the flashback, I think it just jumps to modern time, like now. But Nick's had a lot changed in his life, too, because we find out he's got some new wife or girlfriend lady, and she has a son, and like he's trying to be, like, I don't know... Not the dad for the kid, but like the father figure, sort of. So wait, who's the guy that's from the moon? What are we talking? Oh, where's the forest of the moon part? That's I'm just kidding. Avengers. I'm just kidding. It's like it's like you're trying to make me mad. Kids are the forest of the trees. <laughs> <laughs> there are trees and a forest in this book too. So it kind of works. The last thing was so kind of blue. I'm just confused where we're at now. We're on Nailbiter now. What day? Nailbiter returns. Is it Thursday? Sure. Let's see why not. I, like, I did like the like the intro part, like all the like the bar stuff. Screwdriver to the head, rusty chainsaw, Irish car blonde, Roman Cujo, Long Island dead tea. Oh, the drink mix board that gives yeah, you the, the names of the the, the writers and artists. And yeah. it's just like they're like the writer, the artist and the writers, like front bartenders, side bartenders, like pretty. Neat. It was pretty cool. Like that, that's a double page spread. So yeah, it's like a backdrop of the bar. It's pretty funny. So we get introduced to Alice. We get int- reintroduced to Finch. Right. Do we find out whatever happens to uh, Alice's mother at that point? Um, it's kind of the whole premise of this book, actually. Yeah. Yay! There you go. Huzzah. So there's a common connection with Alice's mother. Yes. That so drives she, the book. So she's at the bar. People are talking about it. It's like, oh, and they, they heard that they had a kid. And then like she's like, hey, yeah, they actually did. And it's a daughter, and it's me. And then, like, this person's, like, gets all angry and, like, punches in the face, like, you know what your dad did? It's like, like, it's her fault or something. And, uh, she wakes up and, she, like, the people are gone. And somehow, like, the, the woman who yelled at her just spit got in her eye. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird, too, the whole... Because there's a very big thing about eyes at the very beginning of this, and then that whole thing is sort of weird. Because the lady spits in her face, but is that going to come back later? It might, I mean... It's not a pretty common thing for this series. Is that there's like a yeah, there's there's like a theme that goes on throughout. Yeah, every, yeah. Generally, it picks one particular like the nail biter was all about how he would eat the nails of his victims, and before he killed them. Yeah, and then like they made, when they were mentioning other killers in this, like we get with Luchador, what's his name? Uh, Lucha Eliminator. He would kill people with wrestling, wrestling moves. moves. Yeah. So she walks home. Right. And her mom's gone as blood and guts, like, disgustingness all over the bathroom. Right. But her mom's not there at all. 
Right. So what does she do? She doesn't call the cops right away. Well, no. She calls the detective. Stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) Wrong one. That's pretty good. Then she makes macaroni and cheese. She takes a nap on the couch. Then she calls that one guy. Nick, yeah. Which is not like a normal... Finch? Nick Finch, yes. But he's already up there. For something different, which is where we found the luchador in the first place. Yeah, while he's at home, um, he gets a call about a multiple car pileup. And so he goes out to check out that. Yeah, like 16 dead people. Yeah. And when we gather, we see the like a wreck. Like, it's crazy. Just cars everywhere. And that leads us to a trunk that happens to have the luchador inside of it. Which is his eyes are gone. The whole Yeah, his eyes are cut out or bled out. And that's the whole reason they called Nick in the first place, because Nick's got the inside track to all the crazies from Buckaroo. Where does that tr- crash take place? Does it tell you? Yeah, it does, but I don't remember what it says. Because it's not Buckaroo. No, it's outside the city. Okay. But it's close enough to the city. they flew him in. So. Yeah, they flew him in. Well, he's not lo- He's not currently in Buckaroo. Oh, yeah. He's he's living in the city with his, with his new girlfriend and the kid. Okay. So he's not presently in Buckaroo. That's why they fly him in. And, like, all of them treat him like, oh, you're the cool guy that gets to deal with all the crazy cases. And he's like, you people make me so mad, which I think is awesome. <laughs> he's like, you're lucky I'm having one taking my anger management classes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. super hilarious, because all the other cops are like, dude, you get all the cool cases. All we ever get is, like, normal murder. And he's like, yeah, uh, you are terrible. It, it's kind of awesome. It's in Portland. Portland. <laughs> there you go. So wherever Buckaroo is in relation to Portland. Yeah, I don't know. Factory? Close. Eventually, yeah, he gets drawn to the factory, um, and that's where he runs back into Alice. And of course, she's he goes desk pop 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 pop. She's like, <laughs> but he does shoot the gun. He's like, don't sneak up on people. And she's like, I didn't think you'd just start shooting. And he's like, you don't understand. She's like, what the heck? I'm wearing yoga pants. Why'd you shoot at me? He <laughs> shouldn't say that, but that's out. It's pretty, that's it's pretty, what I've pretty close. It's pretty pretty close. My mama's missing. Mm-hmm. So that's what she really said. Right, and of course she assumes it's got to be the father, because that makes the most sense, because we haven't seen his body, and we haven't seen him since the end of the previous series. Where then they're cruising around. Yeah. Hooded figure, unknown. Well, yeah, we got somebody following him for sure, and watching go, him. And they go to some, like, random house, and then he pushes something, and it becomes like a bat cave. Well, yeah, he, he pulls a book out of the shelf. He, he tells her that there's no way it's the father, and she's like, it's got to be my dad. It's got to be my dad. And he's like, okay. So he basically goes to this house to show her that it's not the dad. Because, well, he's had the dad locked up in the basement. Which is crazy. Not the creepy kind of locked up. No, but like... No, uh, not, not, not chained to a... Yeah. 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 But yeah, as a thing, he's got reasons to believe that the father has nothing to do with it, because he's got him... Yeah, he's got him locked up in a in basically a, a cage. Well, not cage, basically like a jail cell, being monitored the entire time with glass walls. And Warren, who is the father of the Nellbiter, he's like, "Oh, you bring me a guest to see? Awesome! I haven't seen anybody in months," which is also kind of crazy because who's been feeding him? Take out. I mean, I guess it's a contactless COVID delivery. Yeah, they set it on your step with the box. Yeah, well, the problem is you can't get to the step. So, ah, true. Put it in the basket. 
Lower the rope. <laughs> Puts lotion on skin. <laughs> I can see where you're going. Well, there's a TV and a refrigerator and a bunch of like cereal boxes. Like, what else do you need? You know, so he's so, not living like terribly. Is no, yeah. no. That he's got. He's basically living the same life that we've all been living. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he seems to be in pretty good spirits. Yeah, he's like, hey, honey, how's it going? He looked like he's had a haircut relatively recently. He's got his shoes on. He like he at least got got up and got ready for work. To, you know, he's like kind of. <laughs> He got up and then sat down by the toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's work. I mean, kind of, yeah. So then there's a monster with eyeballs and long fingernails and an eyeball necklace. Yeah, and eyeballs through like stakes. Well, yeah, we get another, we get another few shots of what in a scary old house. Ever this crazy thing's supposed to be, but yeah, the the key reveal at the end is that there's just so much more going on with all the other. It's the mom. There's just lots of things to see. Yeah. I mean, it may very well be, but she never had talon hands before. So, so. like, you'll make them see the horror and the light, and it's like all the other serial killers. It's pretty crazy. On the last page. That but, looks cool. But here's what I have to say about that. Huh. It's the mom. I mean, it could be. When, when you become evil, see, you grow crazy things. I think else. that maybe the dad never was a serial killer, and it was just the mom. The oh, no, time. he definitely was. Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Was. Yeah. was. There's, it? there's like thirty plus issues to tell you that he was. Was it though? Oh, 100 percent. Was it though? Yeah, for sure. What if we it see was, him eating them. It's what, gross. What if it was just the mom making everybody see that? I don't think that's the case. If she can make eyeballs and people come back from the dead, you don't think she can make mm. people see? 100 percent. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're gonna be one of the first people to go in the. Apocalypse. I mean, hopefully that way I don't have to put up with everybody else. Yeah, that way I'm not paranoid. Exactly. <laughs> Not to worry anymore. Paranoia saves lives. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I guess, yeah. I guess. Um, e- either way, as a, as a book in general, it was a pretty fun read. If you if you dig that kind of weird, like, it's not really a horror story, but, I mean, it, it, it is. It's is a horror it story. Is, yeah, it is. Well, it's got kind of the same vibe as the first, the first one. <laughs> it does. Yeah, even if you didn't read the first series, though, I think if you picked up here... Yeah. You'd probably be okay. I didn't read the first series, and I had no idea there was no, there was a first series, and I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. And the art's pretty. I, I like the art. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy from the first series. I think so. Yeah, score wise, I don't know if I was going to score it. We didn't really score the other one, but I mean that's fine. Yeah, one. As far as the series for this one, I mean, I liked the first Nailbiter a lot. So I mean, I, I give it a four. I mean, it's. I think it's pretty good. It's what interesting. Are we at a five or ten? Five. Okay. Thirty, actually. Oh, it's not true. Thirty-seven. It's also not true. Even a seventeen. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty low. It's less than half. It's close. Close enough. Better than chicken sandwich, I guess. Yeah. Twenty-two. It's my favorite rating. Still. I know. I give it a twenty-two point four five. It also doesn't really. Okay. Out of thirty-seven. Mike, what do you think? I liked it. I, I, I agree with you. I'd give it a four. Okay. But, I, but I, I really enjoyed the first first one, too. So. Yeah. Right. Ross, what, did you read any first one? Uh, just the parts of it we read for the podcast. Okay. We had okay. random issues of it. Yeah, we did. Okay. Forgot about that. I'd say probably chicken sandwich out of 37. <laughs> chicken, oh. chicken sandwich, Carl. A panini? Hopefully. No, I thought, it was, I thought it was a pretty good book. So. Yeah, I didn't read the first one at all, and I gave it a five. I thought it was fantastic. I think it was really neat. It kept me... like. Of the five I had to read within, like, I don't know, 30 minutes. Because I read all five of these books in 30 minutes tonight. And I was just like, wow, this book's really good. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how you know the good ones, actually. I was like, wow. I actually went back and read this one again after I read all five. And I was like, that one's really good. There you go. I was like, and it's the mom. 
That's right. It has a good pace, and, you know, the first series, they like to throw some... Oh, yeah, there's definitely twisting in the first yeah. book. first series, definitely. The art's good. I thought the art was fantastic. The writing was really good. And you know what? The whole time I wasn't like, who's that person? What's going on? <laughs> Where's Thor's gold hammer? What's a Kotati? Which Killer. one of the Avengers Hot wears a necklace with the eyeballs? <laughs> who's Kunani? I don't understand what's going on. Kota Matata. That's what the Lion King says. Who's he? He's from a Disney movie. Oh. He's the He's part of the Avengers now, too? Sure. Black Panther's sidekick. He's got to have one somewhere. Got to have one somewhere. I like how, like, that whole first issue, like, Black Panther, it was, like, one scene. He was like, hey. And then it was just, like, he did nothing else. Not not that anybody else really did, but he did the the very, like, he was just like, he did, like, an action pose, and that was it. Again, that's why the Black Panther movie was terrible. It wasn't terrible. I give that book a five. Eh, eh. So what's the next book, Steve? <laughs> I mean, did everybody do their thing? I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> you gave it a four. Ross gave it a four. Mike gave it a four. Chris gave it a... I didn't give it anything. Should I? Yeah. A new reader, I would say it's a five, but it's a four in the whole overall thing because you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to build up. I think it's going to hit us real good. So it's actually better for a brand new person. I think so. Someone because it covers everything. And I and agree. You, like, I'm a new reader. I'm like, oh, yeah, it like, makes you want to go back and read the actual previous gosh. series. So. Which I will because I think it's fantastic. It's really good. And in that Avengers book, I was like, I don't want to reread any of this. It's annoying. <laughs> Surprise, that's going to be in the trade for Nobiter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to put it someplace, might as well. Put it in Nailbiter so you have to read it. Sense. <laughs> Man. Out of control. It's like, hey, I'm sitting in the coffee shop reading Avengers, and you have to read the whole Avengers before you get to the next issue. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's true, but and of backwards. the two of them, I would say these are more accessible. 20, 27, 26. Read them backwards. Yeah, that works. Uh, that's how I read a lot of things. Sense. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Sure. Yeah. Wait, why, did it, why, did, why is Thor in gold now? Yeah. When did this change? Let me read the next book. I mean, you asked Jason Aaron about that. What are we going on? What are we, what's going on? Uh, next book's going to be Join the Future. From? From Aftershock Comics. Who writes that? Zach Kappa? Um, yes, that's true. Uh, it's written by Zach Kappa, Kap- Kaplan, and then the art is by... I don't know how to say that name. I don't know how to say it in Russian, but it's Peter Kowalski. Peter Kowalski. Okay. Um, this is from Aftershock Comics. Uh, also number one. And as far as like a thing, like it opens up... And we are, uh, well, initially we're in this crazy city of the future, and there's these three, like, salesman-type people that are basically trying to convince you how awesome the future is. And, and they're, how, really, they're really selling it, too. Oh, yeah. They're, it's very, it's almost, it's definitely culty. Like, join, join our, come live in the city and work in the city, and everything will be provided for you, and it'll all be fine and dandy. And we see all these crazy buildings and backdrops, and they talk about how they have, oh, we have great sports and awesome sports teams. All you need to do is agree to be part of the city. Free health care. Right. Free health care, free jobs. You can pick whatever job you want. True and, safety. Yeah. It's, it almost feels like it's a they're selling like a bottled city. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's a gated community. For, yeah, 100%. But like all the scenes we see the city is very futuristic. I mean, it it looks like the city of the future. Awesome. Um, once we get past the like six or seven pages of that, uh, we cut to... Uh, this crazy, like, open sky, desert-looking shot. And we join a couple of folks out in the woods, basically hunting. A man and his kids. Yeah. Um, a father and a, and a daughter and a son. And the daughter is a Clementine. 
Clement Clementine. Yeah. Gosh. And the son is Owen. I don't think we ever learned the dad's name, but he's the uh, he's the mayor of the town they're from. We find that out later. Uh, but he's basically teaching her how to use a long gun and shoot. And the whole time, the brother's like, oh, if she had an electronic targeter, she wouldn't miss anything ever. And the dad's like, oh, you got to learn how to operate without that kind of stuff, son. And so she tries to shoot this deer, and it doesn't go very well. So she chases after the deer. In the process of chasing the deer, she comes across a giant, crazy, feral-looking wolf thing. That's usually how wolves are. I mean, I guess giant and crazy. that makes it's perfect sense. And it, like, it, it tries to take her out, and of course, you know, father and brother help save her. For, and and it's, very, it's a very drastic change from how it opened right. to what we're looking at now. Because this is like Old West kind of feel to it. 100%, yeah. Where we have the future feel of the city. Right. So it's a, it's a very dr- drastic change between the two things. Right. Uh, look-wise, you would never even know they were the same thing at all, really. But because, that fur wolf attacks the daughter. Right. Um, after they take out the wolf, um, the daughter's injured, so they decide to take her back to the, to, to the city. And they take her back, and they put her into this, like, I don't know, kind of fancy medical tent. And put her onto oxygen and basically fix her. Yeah, they were close to a shack. Yeah. A friend's shack or something. And he, and you wouldn't know that it has all this futuristic kind of equipment or, or medical equipment within it. Crazy tech stuff in it, yeah. But he takes them there and then they get her fixed. Fixed her up. Um, from there, they decide to walk back home. And as they're walking, we wind up seeing a backdrop, and in the backdrop is this crazy city. So the crazy future city that we're seeing, it tells us that they're not very far from it. Is it like, I don't know, maybe 20 miles or something between the two things? And then, but Clem comes too, and she's like, Dad, you put a machine on me? Right. She was very against it. And Dad's very against them joining that city. Right. Which, as, as the book unfolds farther, I mean, we have a whole thing where a, like, car salesman type guys, they're trying to convince them all to join the city. We find out that it's Thanksgiving, and the guy from the city bring a truck full of turkeys, and he's trying to basically convince the people of the town to sell their town to him. Or to, to the corporation, they had to join in to become part of the part of the city. Because when they walk, when they're walking into the town. It's like an old west kind of city with oh, yeah. shacks, and then the roads aren't even uh, paved or anything; nope. it's just dirt roads. Yeah. Well, there's a standoff in the middle of town. Of course, you know the, he tells the mayor tells the old man to get lost, and we find out the sheriff seems to be in on the side with the the car salesman. Um, so it's like part of the city wants to join at least a few of the upper type. Maybe more, I don't know, jerk types. But the majority of them are with the mayor. They don't want to sell their land. They don't want to become part of this establishment. Um, from there, we, we have a few other things happen. And, uh, you know, while they're doing turkey dinner, like, we, the daughter goes out and sees her brother and catches him using what basically looks like an iPod or a phone. He's listening to music. And he's like, this kind of music we never get. And she's like, you do no doubt hate if you found you using this. And then things go completely awry at the end, like completely awry, and it basically sets up the idea of her being post against everything because of what happens. I mean, like it's it's not like the most. I mean, I don't know. It, it's pretty she's bad. Gonna, she's going to go brave hard on everybody. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it, that's where, definitely where she's going. It's like the oldest child is against technology, but the youngest one is going to embrace it. Right. That's definitely where, between the two of them, like, the son keep, constantly keeps talking about um, how uh, everything would be easier if we just used technology and you'd be a better shot. Like, all the stuff that the, the son is about is about joining the, moving to the future. 
But yeah, the end of it gets very detrimental, and uh, I mean, I guess we just leave the end on a cliffhanger. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. The art's pretty good. I mean, it's not what I normally like in books, but I do like the art. Um, I, I hate how the end of this is just all clowns, just like... I know, right? High-fiving, you know? It's terrible. <laughs> 100% terrible. I, How did they get out of that car? Doing know, right? <laughs> They're just like, they how did 37 of us get in that car? Right, 100%. Technology is the worst. Only 22.45 survived it. <laughs> exactly. Curtis, did you have a score for that book? What did you think of it? Uh, it's weird that you mentioned that you don't like the art, because that's the art is very reminiscent of Nellbiter Returns to me. So it has that kind of same feel, same color palette. I'd probably give it a three. Um, it's not the hardest book to understand, and that's probably good for everybody. But in the end, it's just you kind of see where it's going and how it's going to unfold. Will it make me want to read the next one? Not really, but uh, it's not terrible. Okay. Um, Mr. Mike, what do you think of it? Yeah, I'm kind of all along with Curtis. I mean, it's a, definitely uh, there's no mystery there as to where it's going. I mean, the art's, the art's pretty good. It's all right. Um, the whole Western thing, I kind of, I dig that, but I'm a young Hex fan, too, so. Right. Um, it, I'd like to give it a three. I mean, would I go out and get the next issue? Well, depends on, it depends on the mood I'm in that day. I mean, sure. it's not really high priority, but. Right. It's not yeah. the worst thing we're covering. <laughs> I mean, a nail, the Nailbiter book kind of, overshadows, you know, everything yeah, so far. It's a pretty strong issue, yeah. This is a really good book. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think of the future? You know, I'll give it a three and a half. I'm, mm, I didn't like the art as either. I thought it was a little grainy, a little weird. Um, I thought they could have cleaned it up just a little bit. But it's also, we're just doing the digital part of it. I think that maybe once we get the actual physical, physical copy of it, it might be a little bit better. I like the way that it ends, like the crazy violence and like, intensity at the end of it like means that like they're not afraid to show like craziness so like i think that like that could spawn cooler things like, later down the line because it doesn't it doesn't sugarcoat anything it's not like it's not a really like oh rated it's not a rated g book it's a very it's a very like rated r rated pg-13 like violent kind of like um book and i i hope that it gets and stays like pretty intense like that like a lot of loss a lot of craziness um so i give it a three and a half but just I, I give it a potentially uh, a potential four. I'm hoping for a potential four. I see I see a potential in it. To the where it goes direction wise. Yeah, sure. Mr. Ross, what'd you think? Well, I really like uh, werewolves. I know, and, and there's half of that in this book because oh, there's man. a wolf in there. There is. No, no I, wolf. I don't, I'd probably be in the same boat as like Curtis and Mike, so I'd probably give it about a three. Okay. You no, know, it's, it's a cool idea, but it's probably not something I would jump on board. So, sure. You, you know, it was a genetically modified wolf, right? No, well, that's a little bit closer to the werewolf. So, pushing me closer. I was trying. To, I was trying to. You yeah. know, Steve, when you were talking about the the younger one, the boy, yeah, wants to embrace that. And oh, yes, I guess mm-hmm. it instantly made me think of Rush Twenty One Twelve for some reason. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird. Not a bad album. It's, it's a great album. <laughs> Alright, uh, from there I guess we'll move on to uh, Adventure Man. It's written by Matt Fraction. The art's uh, Terry and Rachel Dotson. If you know their work from X-Men or from literally anything else, I mean, they're fantastic. So, like, as a thing. Um, it says an image book. is also an issue one. I mean, I do love their art. I think they're great. Um, yeah, if nothing else, if the book 
totally sucked, the art would still save it. Right. Yeah, the art is great. I mean, we basically start out in the, in the middle of an adventure already, and we've got a, a dude who's the commissioner of whatever city he's part of, dealing with a hellstorm of, of things crashing into the city. Uh, rockets, planes, whatever. It reminded me a lot of uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the start of this, dude. Oh, for sure. Ultimately, while all this craziness is going on, he rushes over the phone and picks it up, and he's like, we need the action man. And that whisks us away to a whole cast of characters that we get to meet. And, like, some of their names are pretty cool. But we basically, yeah, have a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know? There's a ghost-looking lady, there's a scientist guy, there's a magician, there's a dude that's out the twirly mustache, kind of. He's the villain. I mean, he might be. He's not supposed to be, but he really is. <laughs> and we have Action Man, and like the Adventure Man, Adventure Man, yes. <laughs> and while this is going on, like he tells everyone they Joe, need to assemble. Joe Colton's Action Man, right? As things move forward with their whole like group, basically they drink a super serum and they go off to fight these crazy Nazi bad doer magic people. And some of them were averse to drinking the serum all at once, so right. They've done this before, but not at that amount. It obviously has some sort of negative effect on... If you can't handle it, it's not going to be good. They've got a bunch of really cool names, like character names. And then when we get the villains, even even though they're cooler. I mean, the the Baroness Bizarre. I mean, she looks like a pirate. I, I, I don't even know what to call her. A steampunk pirate? I mean, she she looks awesome. They give them sub names too, like the devil's own daughter, and right? The Atoma Terror, which is just a giant robot, looks cool. It's freaking awesome. And Slugger Dumphy, yeah. Nightmare of the Nonagon, <laughs> whatever that means. I, mean, I couldn't tell you, but Meta Mage, freaking awesome. And Hellcat Maggie, which is this is my favorite part of the book because she's uh, of the six sisters of Satan. <laughs> I think that's the team that we need to have focus on. I mean, we might get more of them. I mean, the way the way it sets it up, I mean, we get a lot of name drops that are like kind of awesome names. Like the heroes have a bunch of cool names, and the villains have a bunch of cool names. Anyways, if you're into names, this is the book for you. I mean, it is it is pretty cool the way they showcase everybody. But like the entire time the battle is going on, like eventually things start. I don't know, kind of going bad for our heroes, sort of. I mean. It was like Doc Savage and uh, like in 1940s Metropolis from Superman. Yeah. It's kind of the feel it has. I think about it is like every time they introduce somebody, they're just like, it's like Oprah. It's just like, and you get a car, and you get a car. Hey, Mr. Brad Pitt. And like she does that thing, like introduction wise, it's just like every, they introduce everybody like mm-hmm. so ridiculously. <laughs> so it's like almost overshadows like the story. I agree with that, but that's how they did it in a lot of television in the 40s, too. Sure. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. what they're trying to capture. Aim for, like, a retro feel to it. I mean, even the look of the characters is, like you said, Doc Savage, it's a retro 50s, 60s look to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that's got to be what they're aiming for. But, yeah, as the battle goes on, I mean, eventually we have a giant explosion on the top of the building, and uh, basically the good guys look like they lose. And then we cut to... Like in a bedroom, and we have a... Before you cut to that... Okay. In the fight scene, we had ghost guns that were shooting bullets, and you couldn't see it. So that was the coolest part of that, too. Oh, ghost guns. Yeah, Phaedra Phantom was shooting ghost guns, so... Also awesome. I've never seen that before. No? 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, so from there, we... So, huh. what, what page is that? Like, I'm... The ghost guns? Yeah, because I'm, I'm at, like, I can't get past the Hellcat Maggie and the Six Sisters of Satan. That sounds like the most amazing band name of all time. I just wanted to touch on that. Like, I want to make sure I wasn't jumping ahead. No, yeah, we're, we're farther ahead than that, like, talk-wise. But, yeah, I don't know what page it is. Well, I'm, like, kind of, like, going through all of it at once, but just, like, Hellcat Maggie and the Six Sisters of Satan. Like, come on, that'd be, like, the best band name ever. <laughs> it's true. It's like a ska band of, like, like satanic... Women, right? I mean, well, I, I agree. Yeah. That, could, that could be like a huge selling point. That could be huge. Be cool. Uh, I agree too. Be perfect. Cool. Perfect. I can't find the ghost guns, but I know they're in there. Like Crazy Carl and the Bad Karma Kings, yes. right? That's the page it's on. Where they say it? Yeah, that's from that. Yeah. And there's Kitty Pride dressed like White Queen. I mean, she has the same power. She's a ghost lady. She's like Phantom Girl, but not Phantom Girl. Which she looks like White Queen. Yeah, yeah it's before that. It said Cat Meet Curiosity. And she's shooting ghost guns. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cat Meets Curiosity. That's pretty good. Because Curiosity killed the cat. Uh-huh. Take that, ghost guns. You know who said that, Lady Savage? Did he? Yeah. Nice. Well, he didn't create it. He came up with that, yeah. right? That was the first time. I feel curious like the cat. <laughs> Huzzah. So yeah, so we find out what's been going on this entire adventure that we've been going through. Turns out to be a story being read by a mom and son. And it gets to the end, and the, the bad guy says at the end, the good guys have to die. <laughs> and we cut to the room, and we meet Tommy and his mother, um, whose name I kind of remembered, but there we go, Claire. And, uh, Tommy freaks out because he's like, I can't be where the end is, Mom. It can't be the end. She's like, well, that's the end of the story. And now, come up with your own. <laughs> right, come up with your own story. And she tells him it's time to go to bed. And he's like, wow, it can't be that way. That's so crazy. And we see they live in this crazy house with all these, like, cool, like, big toys. I mean, he's got a room with rockets and dinosaurs. and It's like the Batcave. Yeah, it's what it does look like. freaking awesome. A cell, like a giant sailboat. All in this like weird toy room that's just below where his bed is at, I guess. And uh, mom's like, "Well, I'm, I gotta go to bed because you know, we have things to do in the morning, whatever." And we wind up finding out that mom, she has a hearing problem. Like she doesn't, she wears hearing aids to hear. And when she takes them out, she feels like she, find, she finally can like not feel the world, and like gives her a break in the head. So like that's kind of an interesting thing. Like now I know how to do that. I mean, yeah. Put your plugs in. But it'd be the opposite That's for you. That's the easy way. Yeah. Opposite for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, once we get to the next morning, we join her and Tommy at a family, I guess, brunch, dinner, whatever. And uh, we get kind of a similar thing where we go around the room and meet all the different characters. But half the dialogue is grayed out really, really light. It's because she's lip reading. It, it's all his sisters, right? It's the rest of the family. Yeah, the rest of the family. So yeah, basically we get is like dad and the rest of her sisters, and like it gives a little talk about each one of them, kind of like they did for all the superhero characters. And uh, of course, father gets on her for not having her ear, her her hearing aids in, and uh, yells at her for it. Um, but yeah, once we meet all the sisters, we uh, cut to her going to work, and we find out that Claire's been running the bookstore that her mother left when she passed away, and. 
she basically just works as a librarian lady in her own bookstore. And she's got a, I mean, it, it's got a cool look to her outfit, but everything looks really cool because the way these people draw. Um, but this particular day at the bookstore, she winds up getting a, a visitor, I guess? I don't... A, a customer who's dressed with this crazy, like, e- e- eccentric black dress, like, going to the... I'm going to the ball style dress. Like a 1940s dress. Yeah, like real froofy, real like fancy. What was the ghost lady's name from earlier? Phaedra Phantom. That's who I thought this was when I saw it. I, I did too, and I don't know if it is or not. Like, we don't see it. the daughter. To know if it is or not. I mean, it might be. But Phaedra Phantom, I mean, if it is her, we don't see any ghost things happen. But she does have a very similar look. And Phaedra was dressed in white. She was. So this might be it. I think this dude is like the. That's a. He looks a lot like the uh, action man. Adventure man. Adventure man. The father, yeah. Yeah. Just old with a beard. And all all her sisters are different colored skins. They are. So I kind of think that he's. I think he is actually adventure man. Just old. Yeah. While she's in the bookstore, the lady's like, oh, it's weird how nobody notices me when I go places, even though my crazy dress. Like, she actually talks about how she's dressed so. Wild, and people don't really notice her. And then and, she disappears. Well, she does at the end, yeah. After after giving her a book, right, with the uh, sigil of Adventure Man on it, right. Because Adventure Man has this crazy like swish symbol that looks kind of like a a cursive E almost. Okay, if that makes any sense? Like lowercase E, upside down. It's not. Is it? Yeah. I always thought a bird with wings above its head and it's interlocking. I mean, I guess, yeah. I could see that too. Yeah. But she's like, oh, I've never seen such a fancy copy of Adventure Man. And she's like, oh, yeah, do you have like a arts... And she asks for like a, a section about science and mystery or magic or something. And she tells her where to find it in the bookstore while she's looking at this book that's like hardbound with all these crazy imprints on the front of it and this crazy awesome version of the Action Man symbol on the front. And while all that's going on... All of a sudden, we have someone else coming to the bookstore, and uh, the someone else is like completely shattered out, has this crazy big hat on and a trench coat, and it ch- starts chasing after her. And of course, Claire's like, Oh, you can't go. What's going on? She sees the lady around the back door. She's like, That's not an exit. So she chases after him, thinking the girl's being chased. I mean, she is. Um, but once we get outside into the alley, the lady tells her it's fine and gets in the car with these. Crazy-looking monster men. She says it's her escorts. Right. She, uh, that's right. She tells him it's her escorts. Gets in the car, what appears to be reluctantly. I mean, you can't really tell, but they did chase her out the back door. And uh, when she like puts her hand on the glass to sort of wave goodbye to Claire, we see that she has the action man or the adventure man symbol on her hand. And away the car drives, and Claire starts to try to talk to the one guy they left. And it's crazy nightmare fuel man. Like, the the dude kind of grabs at her, and he's got this crazy monster face with these red eyes and this red, towny, pointy mouth. And she tries to kick him to get away, and he explodes like a ghost, but... Isn't he made of flies? He's made of flies and bugs and worms and all kinds of crazy, like, yeah, gross. All kinds of crazy gross. And he, like, melts down into a pile of bugs and, like, slithers away, I guess, or crawls away. And she's, like, slapping the bugs off her, like, freaking out, and then realizes they're all gone. Which is just crazy. I mean, it's awesome, but it's crazy. 
Anyhow, um, so she takes the book home and decides that maybe what she saw wasn't really something that happened and maybe she was just overworked and overtired or whatever. And when she goes home, she gives the book to her son and he's like, oh, this is awesome. I can't even, you know, he starts flipping through it because he's super excited because it's his favorite, like, hero. And uh, while it's going on, she tells him about the bug man. And he's like, I can't, mom, you don't understand how crazy this is. And he finds this page in the book where he tells her that if you connect where they live to the supposed home of the action man, it creates the action man symbol that you draw in the book. And she's like, don't mess with that. Don't do that. And he's like, take it out of my allowance, mom. And he like draws a symbol in the book so we see that it's there. So like that's all really crazy. And there's more dialogue between the two of them about how crazy he thinks it is and how she's like, eh, comics, whatever. And uh, she decides to go to bed for the night, and so she sends this on the bed, and she goes to bed, takes on her, her hearing aids, and the world goes quiet again. Well, in the process of the night, well, that bug man shows back up, and, uh... She's at her window. Yeah, it's... It's all creepy-like. Very creepy-crawly. Like, he even merges together. Like, do you guys remember Swarm from the, uh, Spider-Man His Maisie Friends cartoons? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Swarm. Same idea, well, even from the, I guess he's, he's an actual character in Marvel books, too, so from the Spider-Man comics. But in the co- cartoon series, that's what this reminds me of 100%. Because he just forms together like the bees did in Swarm. Candyman. Yeah, like Candyman. Yeah. yeah, same idea. Anyhow, so it's kind of where things sort of wrap up. That creepy crawly outside of a window and on to the next book. Which I thought was freaking awesome. Um... And I love, of course, I love the artists. So, like, that isn't. No, the art, the art's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's any question. The Dotsons, I think, are fantastic art wise. Uh, Curtis, what did you think about that book? Uh, I like the first half of it, and I like the Dotsons. I just, I think Matt Fraction. I don't know. I just can't get behind him sometimes. It's either hit or miss. Right. There's no in between. Uh, for the art, I'll give it a three. Um. I really... It doesn't leave me wanting to pick it up anymore. Hmm. I, I don't care where the story goes. Um, I, I talked with Rob a lot about it, but I, it, I just don't... I don't have the want to read it anymore. So. All right. Mr. Mike, what'd you think? The art was all right, uh, but I've never really been a big Matt Fraction. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, he did, he did have that run on what was it, Hawkeye? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. Other than that, I mean, I just never really could get into anything he'd done. And this is no different. I mean, it's not, it didn't really grab me. I get, yeah, I get, have to give it a two and a half. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to back in my thing, there was just too much, especially with the family. That scene was like three pages too long. Yeah, exactly. Introducing all the sisters. Yes. If, yeah. that would, if that would have been like in three issues from now where everything's been established, I think Rob and I talked about that. I think we would care about that more because I kind of like that stuff. That sure. Exposition, but that just seemed three pages too long. Yeah, they, they kind of bunch everything together so, you know, let yeah. it happen like naturally. Yeah. Mr. Ross, what did you think about that book? I thought the book looked good, like we all said. Right. I thought it was really long and convoluted, and I had a really hard time getting through it when I read it. Oh, man. I figured you loved the bug thing. I, d- I did like... There were parts of it that I liked, but it was really hard to read because there was so much going on, and, you know, it was supposed to be the crazy twist in the middle that that was, like, the one story. I feel like that was two issues 
like that should have ended the first issue right there and then gone on to the second one. Because I got to the end of that one and I was like, seriously, there's more of this. So no, it is a very big issue. It's a 64 page issue, so it's it's triple size to, to normal books. It's so. just for a new thing. It's kind of a hard thing to jump on because there's so much of it right there in the first part. Okay, for me at least. So I I'd probably give it a two and a half too. Mm-hmm. Josh, you know, you saying it was a triple size issue. I was just like, man, this thing's super long. It just keeps going, and never ends. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, well, I, again, another another bunch of convolutedness. I think each section is neat in what it is, but it changes so much, so drastically in each section. Like, um, I love the art. I think the art's great. Each section, like each part of it, like like even the beginning is like the mess of the Oprah, like, and you get a car. Hello, action man. What a... And then like the next part, just like this family story. That I, I, I think that they change it so much. That bugged me a lot. So it's just like, I give it a two and a half. Like it was, it could be so much better. I think that they could have broken it up and like maybe not. So maybe if it was two two issues instead of... One, yeah, I, th- I, I think I think that making like trying to squeeze it all into one massive issue kind of makes it weird, and I think that they could have, the writer could have adjusted it and like organized it more to where it's like, you know, I wouldn't mind re- I wouldn't mind reading two different issues with a little bit more like organization. I think the I think the writer is kind of all over the place on this, like different pacing maybe. Well, I mean that might be a thing to learn about the idea of only putting out trades that some people think is the best idea. Well, I was just about to say is that unfortunately, probably if that was put out as a trade, and it had like stops after those parts, it would probably be easier to read. Yeah. The way it read. But the first half, I enjoyed that. If I could, I'd give that a five. The second half, I'd give it like a one, because I didn't care about it at all. So when it switches to the real life, the real world? Yeah. Because it had kind of a a Princess Bride kind of feel to it, where the story's broken, and it just broke that story too much for me. I kind of feel like, as the book moves along, we'll probably see that those two worlds are part of the same world. Kind of like Birthright. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is, because like how we're talking, the, the grandpa guy looks like Adventure Man. Right. I think it's more just like that whole like Watchmen kind of feels. It's, like, it's just it's telling the story of the past, but like when the future's going on, it's like, oh, these people still ex- some of these people still exist, and some relatives of these people still exist. Right. But like, somehow else's bigger is still going it's on. It's like that Mark Millard book. Star or something. Oh, the, uh... The old, uh, sci-fi... Yeah, not, uh... But that's what that reminded me of. Gosh, what was the name of that book? I can't remember. Because there's a movie that has a similar title, but it's not the same thing. It's not Starman. It's... No. Shoot. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I don't man. remember either. Jupiter's Legacy. No, it's not that one. That wasn't the one you were talking about? No. You think you find it? Okay. So we'll let you find that. I, I don't know. Score-wise, man, I don't know. I liked it. Uh, and maybe just the nuance to it being like a 50s type story. And the art, I mean, the art definitely sells me. So, like, that's 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 a hard thing for me to get past as far as the score is concerned. Because I, I just love Taryn and Rachel. They're great. They're cool people. And, like, they're awesome artists. So, like, the art sells me super hard just in general. And maybe if it was broken up into a couple issues, it might read easier. Um, 
the dinner table scene is a little much. Like, we just met a bunch of characters that are storybook characters, bad guys and good guys, and then we meet all these family characters, which I'm sure at some point it's going to turn out that maybe those sisters you're thinking about might be her sisters in the first place. So if that's the case, then I get why they did it. But it it's a little much on top. I mean, score-wise, I'd give it a 3, but the art super sells it for me. And I didn't, I didn't feel lost or convoluted in it, but I did feel like the kitchen scene is really long, or the dinner scene. It was, it was more of too disjointed than right. convoluted, really. Sure. <clears throat> I thought it was awesome, so... Hopefully people are willing to take the hook on the art, at least. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, I, I guess see what you guys are saying. Like, the middle of it definitely bogs down in a way that it goes from action, 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 to, like, super slow at the dinner table... And we pick back up in action, but it's not like a. It's, it's just not, so. It's, it's just so. Dra- it's just so drastically different. It's not even just like, hey, we're gonna switch up just a little bit. But it's just like. It's just Starlight's book you're thinking of, Curtis. Yeah. The one about basically Buck Rogers come back to Earth. Yeah. Okay, I guess I could see that. That wasn't very quietly. And but I, yeah. And I'm not. I'm. I'm not even like excited about that first part. Like Curtis is like, oh, like the first part. Like it was. Even the beginning part, I was like, which <sighs> is like. Uh, Adventure Man! Just like, wait, what? I think the Six Sisters of Satan sold it for me. That was the only part. <laughs> Again, that was the only part. I was like, that's pretty neat. Yeah, but yeah, that, that all was really cool. I could just imagine, like, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a nose for me. It's like they're just like, I have a bunch of ideas for names. Let's squeeze them in in seven pages. Uh, but it's also supposed to be a comic book they're reading, so like. The comic book's supposed to be more exciting than the real world. Anyway. No, it's a storybook. It's not a comic book. Same it's a story. No, graphic novel. No, but they're not drawing. It's a story. It? It's a storybook. She, he's laying in bed, and like she's mm-hmm. just like telling him a story. Because okay. at the end of that sequence, just she turns into the words. That's right. Yeah. So he's imagining what everybody looks like. Yes. Maybe that's why it looks like his grandpa. No, that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. To so me, they're not the same people at all. Mm, just ruined it. That's what I do. <laughs> I try to break people's hopes and dreams. Herps. <laughs> yeah. Now to the next most convoluted story. Ready? It's and not. It's not though. Go. That's, that's. It's not really though. It, eh. So, uh, Batman ninety two, and this thing's been building for freaking ever because it was actually supposed to come out back on April first, and then uh, COVID happened and that stopped everything. So it's a joke, is what you're saying. I mean, it could this, be. This book was a joke. It's a riddle. Oh man, <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. But I also like Batman a lot. So you probably read the previous one too. That's that's true. I did. I did. That's why they have to be number ones. Um, so this is James <laughs> Tinian the Fourth. Is that right? Yes. And uh, art is by Guillaume Guillaume March. Guillaume March. Who's usually used to drawing the ladies. He does a lot of Vamprella covers, actually. That like, he used to do the, uh, Birds of Prey. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It took me half the issue to realize that was uh, Harley Quinn. That's how horribly she was drawn. So he's obviously not that great of an artist. <sighs> Man, just a, if, now, granted, the version we have gone through is a black and white, so it's not the finished version. So I think if she was colored, you probably would have been fine. Mm. Pretty sure. Mm. I'm pretty positive you can spot her in the mm. room. Or not. I mean, maybe you don't know what she looks like. I guess that's fine. Oh, I know what she looks like. Okay. I, I just think if it's colored, it might be better. I just think the art was very poor. Yeah. It's all right. I don't know. I don't. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's, you got your Batman colored goggles on anyway. Well, that's definitely true. I think it's very European art, which is. I mean, he's from Spain. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. I didn't see a seal nude in this. I think European art. 
That's because nudity. Because it's Batman DC. Is it, well, it's not I European mean, content. That hasn't true. stopped them before. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. Damned, huh? Jeez. <laughs> There's always a rule for everything. Bre- a break for every rule. There you go. Break for every rule. Very European. Yeah. No, that's porn. Oh, that's what you call it in America. Sure. Anyway, so when the book first starts, we're with Penguin, and he's in a hospital room. So the previous issue, we see the Penguin get stabbed up pretty bad, trying to get away from a dude. And that's where, like, everything unfolds. So, like, the, the brunt of what's been going on is that we've had somebody taking out a bunch of Batman's rogues. villains. Like, there's rogues gallery has been gone, being gone after by somebody. And, of course, Batman's trying to figure out who it is and sort of stop it, because he doesn't want anybody to get killed even if they are bad and deserve it. Um, but that launches us pretty quickly into a Riddler escapade, where the Riddler set up a bunch of traps and a bunch of blocks in the city to keep people from being able to drive. And he's basically built himself a giant crossword puzzle. And he wants Batman to solve the crossword puzzle in order to free the city. Otherwise, he's going to start detonating bombs and blow everything up. That's pretty Sounds normal. like the Riddler. Yeah, right? Pretty normal Riddler. Um, well, we join Batman. He's in the process of trying to get Deathstroke taken to a place he can be locked up. Uh, previous issue, he did have a fight with Deathstroke and wound up beating him and capturing him. So that's how did he beat him? I mean, they they, they just fought Fists. a lot. Fists, batterings. It just seems like that wouldn't happen. I yeah, I'm yeah. not buying that. No. Yeah, he had to see, something. Had to see the previous issue. Deathstroke's. Uh, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. That's definitely true. So it's very possible he let himself get captured. I guess. I mean, we don't know enough yet to know that, but where we're at currently, he's been captured. And Again, as I watch, I'll watch the art in this house, it's like it took me like, I don't know, a third of the book to realize that he was handcuffed. I honestly didn't notice that, but I think it's more from the black and white than anything. So I thought it was weird that it was like a weird Batman Destro team up. I couldn't <laughs> figure out what was going on. Like. It does kind of look that way, yeah. Yeah, that's, I was like, why is Deathstroke and Batman teamed up and then Deathstroke's not doing anything? He's like, oh, he's handcuffed. A third of the way through the book, they finally show that. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. I, it was there. It's just because of it being black and white, mm-hmm. it's hard to notice. In the- right. As Riddler poses him a bunch of questions, or not questions, riddles about answers, Batman just rattles them off, and eventually the Riddler's like, oh, you're getting help from somebody else. I'm going to cut off all the access to everything signal wise. Cr- it's a crossword puzzle. Yeah. And so, like, as he starts starting the crossword puzzle, he's just like, oh, when I get the answer to the other things, I get the answer to those things, too, idiot. Right. And Riddler's like, oh, that's so dumb. You just say I'm Batman, and it would make sense. Right. Swear to me. (laughs) 100%. It's crazy that you're smart, Batman. I'm so mad about it. Uh, That's pretty much how the Riddler works. That is is the Riddler, yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Anyway, so Batman's doing his escapades up in the city, trying to answer these questions and get Deathstroke someplace. And we join Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, who are crawling, crawling through the sewers, trying to get to the uh, Underbroker. Yeah, Catwoman. Catwoman, what did I say? Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah, Catwoman, sorry. Poison Ivy's not in it. Not at all. Are you sure? Yeah, pop- see, he's, 100%. And the thing is, Deathstroke's not handcuffed in this in a couple of scenes, but then he is in other scenes. So I'm just like, What? Yeah, imagine once we get to the finished art, he'd probably be, yeah, I assume we'll be uncovered on all of them. I guess when the finished art books come out, we can take a look and see. There's a big, like, there's a big massive spread where he's, like, definitely not, though. Oh, yeah. I, I guess, like I said, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. Is he even handcuffed? 
That one doesn't seem to have handcuffs on at all. I mean, in any of it. Um, when you try to get on the train, he is. That's what I thought. Yeah, so it's like, so I don't. I just, I'm, I was, I was just very confused as to like what's going on. He's not, but then he definitely is in this scene right here. Oh yeah, when you go to put him on the train, they show you the handcuffs to show you he's handcuffed. But it's dangerous to let Deathstroke on a train. So yeah, you that's have true. To put the handcuffs on at that like, point. Oh maybe. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> they don't talk about that, but... So, like, you're going to let him do sweet action poses, but then you're like, okay, now your action pose is over, put these handcuffs on. He's like, okay. Well, you don't want to be on a train with him with the hands uncuffed. You might get, he, he might get touched. Because honestly, like, if you're, might ba- if you're a Batman, I understand. You, if, like, you don't want to kill people, I get it. Cut his hands off. <laughs> Just cut him off. Oh, my gosh. But Deathstroke's danger with all his parts. If you so cut his hands off, it's going to too. eliminate a lot of problems. He's going to be sure. like... He just does everything with his mustache at that point in time instead. He doesn't have a mustache. In his oh, you know what I mean? Patch. He grows one. His eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> eye patch. His eye patch stash does not... And there's another guy. His eye stash. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a different thing it's altogether. Like, it's like his eyelashes are just so amazing. They're just like... They're making it for the other eye being gone. Just like, look at me and look how handsome I am in this one eye. I'm like, ah. He really has a unibrow, but he combs it over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make sense. So, is this issue the first issue with our our big character towards the end of it? No. no she shows up in other before. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, first appearance is actually in uh, Hell Arisen number three, the uh, Lex Luthor story. Second appearance is number ninety, no, number eighty-nine in Batman. We see like her chin and her outline. So, oh well, is that Joker's new girlfriend? Mm-hmm. See, Senor. Yeah, she seems boring. Eh, I guess we'll see. I can see. I can see why Harley's irritated because she's like not. I mean, as much as I don't like Harley Quinn as a character, it's never really have. She's just kind of annoying. This new girlfriend is way more annoying. She's like the opposite. She's like, whoa, I'm just. She's like the Daria of like. She's the end of the jokes. She's like, oh, what she what she says. She's the end of the jokes, and her name that's that too. Yeah, she's like the Daria of Batman villains. It's like. It's kind of like Deadpool can be annoying. Right. That's more I mean, like really, Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah really annoying. The, this girl's like the total opposite, though, where she's just. I haven't seen her yet. Wah, wah, wah. She's, she's just. Like, well, I'm so boring. Whatever. It's, it's her point, is that she's the not Joker. She's the opposite, that it's. I don't like it very much either, so. Hey, they made such a big deal out of her. That that's probably why. If she'd probably just shown up then it probably wouldn't have been nearly as big of a thing. But when right. you find out that this is the character that everyone's been up in arms about, it's kind of like... Really? really yeah. She's not going to last. It's not going to... Yeah, it's weird because it's like they're trying to make her the biggest thing ever, and it's just like when you were a kid and your parents try to make you whatever vegetable you hate to eat it because it's good for you. You're going to like it. Well, here she is. You're going to like it. Yeah, so they mm-hmm. shove it down your throat. Kind of. Like MTV? I mean, sure. Sweet. <laughs> I just wanted to get in the conversation. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she is pretty punk rock. But I think it's funny that her and uh, Catwoman, or Harley Quinn and Catwoman, were right. in the tunnels. What are they called? Sewers? Sewers. She mentions walking on poop. Uh, Harley Quinn does. Right. And uh, she's like, well, I thought you all had like underground... Special hero underground. Yeah, yeah. To get places and trains and stuff. 
Right. right. And we find out that Batman, Batman does has have a train. train. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, don't you guys have special sewers for the superheroes? That's why you, don't, you guys don't smell bad, right? It's like the Bat Train. <laughs> right. And then, sure enough, Batman has a train. And then Deathstroke is like, seriously, seriously? a train? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. I did, I did like that part. So, yeah, so we joined Batman. But did he have the handcuffs, or did he not have the handcuffs in that scene? He seems he has. Because at this he point, I'm just confused. Like, it's just like Batman's like, now you got him, now you know. It's magic. Is it Mueller or not? I don't know. Right. She's like, is your arm gold or is it not? Well, that is going definitely isn't gold. Are they gold handcuffs or are they not? You know, I don't know, because it's not colored in this copy. Wait a minute. Does Slade have an eye patch in that scene? Oops. Since the mask's on, you don't really know. I'm going to say no. Because he's got the mask on. Typically, the mask has the one part blocked. Exactly. It's not an eye patch because it's a mask. <laughs> right. Mask patch. See, so mask that's patch. the question. Kind of like yeah. the Riddler reminds me that the big page of it, like they're trying to make him look similar to the Joker. Just the, the Made him right Well, he's been up for kind of cr- crazy. Yeah, at crazy. this point, he's supposed to be all strung out. And, and color color or not, it's going to change that. Yeah, His face still going to look crazy, yeah. He looks extra crazy, crazy in this. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. Especially with the, the like, box underneath it with just his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a little little much. That is pretty crazy. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, once we get back to the uh, Harley Catwoman show, the two of them finally get where they're trying to get, and they run into this bunch of like, basically police officers that are zombies, which is part of the previous batch of story, too. Anyway, um, they get the uh, the doorman, to let them into the Underbrokers facility. And that's where we get the first, like, run-in with Harley Quinn in the punchline. Because punchline's already there to rob the Underbreaker, Underbroker. And Catwoman was there to make a withdrawal. And basically the same thing, to rob him. And uh, that's where we get the first, like, showdown between Harley and her. Which, 93 is supposed to actually be the fight, so this is, like, a setup for that. And, I mean, there's some cheeky banter between the two of them, and Harley basically tells her why she's being stupid, basically, because the Joker doesn't love anybody. I'm just calling this right now. Joker is going to kill Punchline. That's what's going to happen in this story. That's a very good possibility. <laughs> Does he need to? I mean, at this point... I hope it was something really cool, like, he, like, freezes a fish and stabs with a frozen fish, or, like... Okay, right. Like, punch, punches her with a gigantic, like, boxing glove made of poison, or, I don't know, something neat. You know, like... She deserves something f- clever. To be the punch like, punch. drops an anvil on her head, and it literally says Acme on the anvil. You know, something cool, but, like, the anvil actually crushes her skull and kills yeah, her. It is going to be a joke, for you sure. You know, something yeah, neat. It's not just going to be him, like, shooting her or something. It's, yeah. Or just, get, know, like, or just gassing her like he does everybody else. Yeah. yeah. His gun says bang, but then it has a knife out the end. Yeah, <laughs> like, it stabs with, like, the back of her throat. Oh man, maybe. Like she can deserves like a pretty big, like neat, neat one. You know, like he's like, "Here, I made you dinner," and then like she eats it, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, it's exploding, whatever." And then she just explodes from the inside out. That'd be crazy. Just like, I came up with all those on my own. Have you been watching those serial killer shows on Netflix? <laughs> you know what's funny is I was like, oh, "It's just awesome, like most." <laughs> Like it's just like those Looney Tunes we've been watching, where everything turns out to be dynamite. And right. it's like I watched fifty percent Looney Tunes, fifty percent murder documentaries. It's just like I, I could, I could write Batman, you know. Yeah. They go together. <laughs> but anyway, that's that was a subplot between the two that I wasn't aware of. The Harley punchline. Yeah, thing? why are they going down to the brokers or whatever? You know. Oh well, yeah. Catwoman was basically trying to get something to use against the 
designer who's also a new Right, because that wasn't really character. explained going through no, the No, yeah, issue. you definitely have to have seen the first issue, the issue before just to understand that, why oh, they were going. Probably a couple of issues before that, too. Well, the last issue, gosh, what issue does he first appear in? He, I guess he first appears in issue number 89 also. Just for the whole setup in general, this is definitely like a continuation of Batman, not like a <laughs> jumping on point of Batman. No, it's not a, not a starter issue at all. I think the Joker is punchline. That'd be crazy. <laughs> He's just like, I could almost see he's that. Like, hey. Ready to go. I mean, I so that would be the joke at the end. Highly unlikely, but I guess it would be a pretty weird turn, so maybe. He's like, you guys thought I lost my face, but secretly, I just look pretty now. <laughs> We've seen him since then, though. But have you? I mean, we, we thought we did, but there's supposed to be three Jokers, so I guess who knows. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, they, the the fight happens with the Underbroker, and Catwoman shakes him down to get whatever she wants. And then we cut back to the Riddler, who Batman is now in the process of shaking down. And the Riddler's like, how'd you figure it out? How'd you know where I was? And he's like, I recognize the room you were in. And it turns out they're at Wayne Manor, which is crazy. And we get a reveal of the designer. How could he recognize the room if he wasn't seeing him? Well, he was the, the Riddler was putting himself up on all the screens in yeah. the city, so Batman saw the first screen. Oh, oh, that's right. Then he went down into the. Then he went to the train. Then he went because they yeah. actually said, "I can't see you." I'm in the tunnel. Or right. You cut holy, me off. Holy bat train, Slade. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so when he went on this train ride, he was where they couldn't be seen, and he couldn't see the Riddler anymore. But he already knew where they were. So he was playing the Riddler at that time. He was. Hundred percent. The bat train took him where he wanted to go. Nah, it's because it was his train that would take him to his home. Yeah, yeah with, with Destro. I mean, well, yeah, if you're going to take your friend with you, why going to take your friend? Destro's so like, now oh my gosh, I now he knows. He's like, it's crazy. He's like, I wouldn't what? necessarily say that he knows because whenever he shows up in the room, he's Slade's not there. He's not stupid. I mean, I'm like, not <laughs> saying he is, but if you left him in the train. And Slade's like, one minute, it's like, oh my gosh, one minute I have handcuffs, the other minute I'm on a train with handcuffs. I don't know what's going on anymore. He comes off the maybe. train and he's in a Robin costume. And you're like, I don't Ooh, understand what's happening. Man, maybe Slade that, is Robin. Then all of a sudden, Slade's Robin now. Now that there you go. Now we got the black hood. Perfect. That'd be we awesome. The, the blue and orange hood. Blue and orange hood. I think Slade's in. He might be. That that scene does make him look like he's in the room. So maybe or he does. just like again right, right eye. convolution. That's the theme of today. Episode sure. one forty convolution. I'm gonna say if you read the previous couple issues, it's not that convoluted. Not, it's not at all, actually, but that's okay. It's pretty convoluted. Sure. I think this is less convoluted than Empire. Well, the big difference is oh, yeah. this is that thing issue zero, and the other one was. That's, right. You know. Right. And I do feel that if we actually read Batman, well, I feel that. Yeah. But I think if you got, got the last issue read of this, it's going to be a lot easier to follow. I read the last issue, and it's still a little convoluted. Really? Convoluted, yeah. We did the last ep- issue on that on the podcast. No, we did 89. So there's two issues in the middle that... And this, and this is Tinian, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Score-wise, Curtis, would, would you give it a score? Oh, <laughs> uh, I like Deathstroke, but I don't like Deathstroke captured by Batman. What if he's in a Robin costume? Death Robin? <laughs> Ooh. What Where? if Batman just made him wear a Robin costume just Robin to like... Stroke? No, That's no, a different kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> Death, Deathstroke needs Mutley. See, I like... <laughs> I, I like Ian March, but I like him in other books. I don't like him in this one. Sure. I don't think he should be drawn Batman. Um, he's not gritty enough. I give it a two. Okay. And it, it's easier to follow than Empire, but 
even outside of that, it's just I don't know. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. And Punchline just didn't do anything for me. Uh, the best character within this, and I hate her. I hate Harley Quinn too. The best character within it was Harley Quinn. <laughs> Does make it rough. That sets the bar high. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mike, what do you got? What do you, what do you think about? I'm not a fan of the art. I don't think that's a secret. The, story, the story's been done before. It feels like it's rehashing the, the old run, or was it the yeah the Riddler doing all? I don't know. Maybe it was that movie or whatever. But it just seems like it's been done before. Like the Hush storyline. Well, yeah, sure. yeah, kind of. The Riddler thing's a pretty common yeah Riddler thing. Yeah. But, so I mean, it's just like yeah, trying to make like, the Riddler more powerful than he is. I give it a oh well, I'll be generous and give it a two and a half. All right, wow. just because of Deathstroke and his <laughs> and his ability to ability to magically remove the handcuffs and put them back on, <laughs> make it look like he's been captured. Right, right. That's and I, and I agree with Curtis that I'm, I won't say it, but that's ridiculous <laughs> that Batman can capture him like that. And on a separate note, you remember they did the the team-ups with the Looney Tunes characters. Yeah. Elmer Fudd and all that. I think they do that with South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if one of those... Cartman and Batman would be... Ever yeah. Bought only Central. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but it'd be cool if it is. The greatest superhero of all time would be Cartman. Yeah. Like if you put you through Cartman, Cartman in the mix with, like, any supervillain, they'd be like... He had a little bit past where I'm past. Look what he did to the hippies. Yeah. They got what they deserved. Yes, so they did. That. <laughs> Pantera, rain blood. You're up, Ross. Um, I actually didn't mind the art. I thought it was okay for what it was. I think it'll look better once it's like a finished thing and we don't have the watermarks and stuff on it. I think, in all honesty, that's what made it hard for me to read. I really do not like the new villains at all, any of them. Granted, I haven't read any of the Batman up into this either, but they don't leave a very good impression on me on this issue. Um, I, I'm in the same boat with Curtis and Josh, where I really don't like Harley Quinn either, and I thought she was pretty funny in this. Well, I mainly thought it was funny she mentioned the train, and then Batman actually had a train. And that, <laughs> that was the main part. Was awesome. I like how upset she was about Punchline. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. <clears throat> She's like, I don't, I'm not in Joker anymore, but I still don't like you. Yeah. But I'd probably give it, I don't know, I'd probably give it a three. If I, if I was reading Batman consistently... I probably would think this issue was all right. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I haven't been reading it either for quite a while. So, mm-hmm. like jumping into it right there, maybe, maybe there's a difference. But, right. Yeah. Sure. Well, since we didn't give Avengers a, a review, we didn't actually give reviews on that. We didn't give a score on them. Though. We didn't. Yeah. Which I gave that one a one. I'll give this one a two, just because like I'm I was so confused most of the time as to like. Who's the dude in the pimp coat at the end? Like, what's going on? Like, why is Catwoman going to get money? Like, she's... I mean, like, Bruce Wayne basically is like, be my wife, I'm a bazillionaire. Like, she doesn't need money anymore. Like, like I'm kind of confused at what's going on. But on the other hand, I don't like Harley Quinn. And even... I I mean, I, I like her so little, like, I didn't even think that she was good in this. The Riddler being this extra crazy, I'm just like, did somebody give him meth? Maybe. So you give it a five? No, I wouldn't say I give it a five. I don't feel like Tanyan's a bad writer, and I feel like if you were reading Batman, 
And this isn't convoluted at all, really. It's not a good jumping on point at all. No. I mean, no, it's it's not. But it's not advertising that it is either. No, so. it's not. It's the it's the it's the it's the lead into a batch of other stuff that's already been happening. So it's not it's not built to be a number one. Whereas Empire is supposed to be a bridge. Yeah, this it, is a story, right? And but who's the guy? Two different things altogether. But who's the guy in the pimp coat with the Daredevil logo on his face? That's the designer. He also showed up. That's surprisingly, issue, right? yes. He's, his is, first appearance is in the same vet number eighty nine. I still understand why when you're super and why you got to think they get dressed like a pimp. It's like because if you had the option to dress like a pimp, wouldn't you? No. Well, that's the difference between you and me. If you're if you're gonna break the law and do a bunch of terrible stuff, like why wouldn't you just like want to make you more functionality so you can get away faster? It's just like like nothing that guys wearing has. I mean, I'm just I'm. I'm either gonna win right now or I'm gonna lose. I'm there's just like black and white. Like So was the the underbroker? Yes. Was he working directly with the designer? No. Because they both have face wraps. They do, but they're they're separate things. Okay. Like the the costumes that I don't even know where they originally started even. Again. Like the underbroker, I don't know enough about to but they're not connected. That's why Punchline was there to rob him. So what was your score on that? I mean, I give it three and a half. Damn. I mean, well, the story's interesting. It's Batman. It's and Batman. if you know what's going on, so... And it is Batman, so, I mean, that's that's, that's a real problem. Is that it's Batman, so... You know. No, we that. don't. But well, I mean, some people do, it seems like. I like Batman a lot. I didn't know you gave Batman always a good score just because it's Batman. I don't. It definitely raises it a couple numbers yeah. every time. Probably. I mean, it's we have... over two and a half. Um, okay, well, since we're done with books, I guess. Uh, you want to do Lesson of the Day or want to skip that? Skip that. No, you sure? Do skip that. Do, that and do what of the day? Lesson, lesson of the, of the day. day. No, that is. Really? I learned horses don't wear pants. Let's do a Curtis first. <laughs> What'd you learn today, Curtis? Horses don't wear pants. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Nice. Mike, what'd you learn today? Woolly mammoth. That just blows my mind. Ghost Rider <laughs> on a woolly mammoth. I mean, they've really outdone themselves. we got to find you a picture, man. It was pretty crazy. They've outdone themselves. Yeah, it's good. Josh, what'd you learn today? Why do pimps like Daredevil so much, and they're not even in the same universe? I think it's just because his name was D, is the designer, so it's just his first name. They like the D. That's yeah. Hey! They like the D. That's what you learned. That's good. Ross, what'd you learn today? I stopped learning. That's sad. I learned that... Cybernetic wolves are halfway to werewolves. <laughs> I mean, that did happen while we were talking, so yeah, that's true. Half a wolf. Nice. But I also learned that there's a new nail biter series, and I'm I'm all for it. Okay, <laughs> I've been I've been out of touch for quite a while. That's not nonsense. I think we're all and, on the kind of same page in that. That, like. that book right there stole the show. That that's Ooh, it was a very good book. Yeah. I was very, very impressed with that. Williamson's a good writer. He's, yeah, he's awesome. Um, anybody have books to watch? So the Terrifix is going to all digital for the last couple issues of it. Sad day. But the last issue of it was amazing. So let's say Terrifix probably. So the Terrifix. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you like the last issue so much, Ross? Well, the, the last issue um, introduced like a side team that Mr. Terrific had created off to the side and not told anyone about. Right. And it's all the scientists in the DC universe right now, basically. So it's Man-Bat and the Atom and Ted Cord. 
and it's just it's awesome having Ted Cord back and their interaction. Did you say great. man bun? Yeah, man bun. You don't remember him? <laughs> no. I know I, I work with him. <laughs> no, that's a different dude. You didn't know that was a scientist? I never remember his name, and he's got that, so I just call him Man Bun. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> man. No, um, Man, right. Is Man Bat. Oh, he got you. scientist also. <laughs> and at the start, I didn't like that Man Bat was, like, more scientist-y now, but it's kind of awesome the way he interacts with the other characters and stuff that way, so. Yeah. Terrific. Cool. All right. Curtis, anything? No. All right. Wow. Mike, I mean, they'll buy um, The Jeff Johns Green Lantern Room. How about that? <laughs> right, it's going back in time, but okay. It's still good. It's always it fun to read. It's, it's not fantastic. still good. It's one of the best I mean, overall runs. No, it's fantastic. Heck yeah. They don't do it like that anymore. Let's see. So, well, I've got a couple. They're going to be new Mega Man series over at uh, Boom Comics, which I think would be really cool. Because you and me were talking about that earlier, Ross, and right. where it connects in the world, I think is a little weird, but I think it's the art for it, like these a couple of test pictures they have in the catalog, look really cool. Uh, it's a six-part miniseries. Um, I think that should be pretty awesome. It's a continuation of the TV show that was on, I think it was a couple years ago now. Right. And on the TV show, from what I can tell, I didn't watch any of it, but it was kind of not a very good thing with Mega Man fans. They weren't a huge fan of it. Um, but... I don't really know either, so... Right. But the comic does look cool. The, yeah. The the covers and stuff look really good for it, so... Okay. Then there's a uh, new Power Rangers story coming out that's good. It's a uh, Dracon's new... Power Ranger Dracon New Dawn. And it's not necessarily really about Dracon. It's more about the Ranger Slayer, so Kimberly, going after his uh, prison of people that didn't agree with him, that he locked up and... So it should be a pretty cool series because we're going to get some of the backstory of what his original plan was, and maybe she'll make it happen by mistake. So, I don't know. I think that's cool. Dracon's just awesome, and that whole Ranger Slayer thing I think is really cool. So, I think that'll be neat. Um, there's going to be a five-part miniseries coming out from IEW that's The Last Ronin. It's a TMNT story. Um, regular Turtles is getting canceled, and this thing's happening, and that might be the last they do, I guess. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, pretty wild. COVID has made things weird for a bunch of companies. But Last Ronin is supposed to be about one turtle in the future that manages to survive whatever happened and his journey. And we don't know which one it is because the few test pictures, you can't tell from the weapon. Huh. So whoever it is, I guess is the last remaining turtle. That sounds cool. It seems like it'll be cool. And it's noted as Peter Lazard and um, Eastman both working on it with another guy writing too. So it's like three of them. And... The two of them haven't worked on anything turtle-wise in a while, so I think that's cool. It's mostly been Eastman doing stuff, so... But I think that'll be neat. And then, I'm not sure when this is even going to come out, but Dan Fogler's got another book coming out called uh, Brooklyn Gladiator, and it's supposed to be like a uh, Mad Max, Star Trek, Star Wars, Serenade kind of thing that he's making that's coming out through Heavy Metal, so that should be cool whenever it happens, but I think that'll be neat. Simon Beasley doing the covers on this? Yeah, Simon Beasley doing the art. He's supposed to be doing both, actually. It's him and Kyle uh, Strand. Strand. I think he was in, He did Spread. Oh, that's cool. I think that was him. I didn't recognize his name, but yeah, Beasley. He's awesome. So I don't know. I think that'll be really cool whenever it happens. Um, I think that's all I had. Josh, do you have anything? So 
almost in some uh, shameless promotion stuff, CBS me are uh, currently doing a thing called Action Figure Deconstruction. It's a YouTube video like show that we're doing, and um, the current episode that is up is by a it's a figure called Lance. Um, it's called Gordy by Lance Inkwell, and he has a book coming out, hopefully coming out this fall, called Nightland. Um, the main character is a guy called Gordy. He's like kind of like a hipster kind of um, pompadour greaser kind of guy with like a skull face. Um, it's a mask he wears on himself, so it's yeah, like kind of Halloween. It's pretty cool. Like um, he's one of the animators for that Cuphead video game that came out. It's kind of. Um, they like did like a cell by cell animation thing. It came out. Like, it's a Xbox owned game. So oh, it's an it, Xbox one only. It came out on Xbox and then they released it on Switch a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's like it's really really hard game. It's really but very beautiful looking. But um, but anyway, I've been playing it for two years. I haven't beaten it yet. So so Lance Inkwell <laughs> is one of the um, animators on that Q Lab. Is that what it is? Uh, Toy Cube. Toy Cube put a out a, a maquette statue like figure kind of thing of it. And um, we we reviewed it in the last episode. He, he's he's working on his own book, and it's called Nightland. So the guy's art's amazing, and he gave us a follow. And that's cool. This stuff's really cool. So we got to support people, who support us, and kind of thing. So and it does look cool too. I agree. I think it looks awesome. So and young young judges looks. I, I the young judges book's fantastic. By the way, it's another book to watch. Yeah, it's the only thing that I'm pretty much reading right now. So. And Usagi. I was a Usagi. Cool. Anybody's socials. So, we're at uh, Top 5 Comics Podcast on all social medias? Uh, yeah. And you find uh, stuff on the Top 5 Comics Podcast website, uh, top5comicspodcast.com. has links to all of the sh- different shows and things we do. Like, rate, review, share, do all those things. It's very important. It helps all of us out. Like, if you like if you like comic books, if you like listening to these podcasts, share with people that you think would like the same things. It's very important. Ross, do you have a socials you want to talk about? No, I don't really have anything at all. He's at Ross the Boss. would be awesome. RossTheBoss.com? You know, I don't think you should go there. I don't know what you'll get. If I mean, you never know what you're going to find. Curtis, you want anything? I got nothing. Nothing? Right. Mike? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at, at Wendell24. You're top, top five comics, CBS. Yeah, for art stuff, yep. Um, Actually, to construction and Never Been Done Podcast, uh, top five comics podcast. Um, I don't think that's it. That's it. Huzzah. Huzzah? Tiki? Tiki? Tiki. Nope. Hell no. See? <laughs> <laughs> Finally! Somebody that. has my back. Well, Mike, Mike was always big. He's always done that. He's always not Tiki. <laughs> Definitely not. This spoils every single I'm the one that matters. Let's go. Tiki? Tiki?